0: And then he's just pissed because he's not one of the hot dads. You know what? He should be pissed he's not one of the hot dads, but he doesn't deserve to be a hot dad. Exactly. He's hot enough to be one of the hot dads, but you got to be a good person to be one of the hot dads. Yep. Sorry. That's why Hal isn't there. Mm Mm-hmm. Hot dad brigade. Only good dads allowed. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I was in a riot, the weapon I would use is cunning and the ability to hide well. Oh, so you're Octavia. She's a Slytherin. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I am a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, B.C. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. If I was in a riot, the weapon I would use is a Batleth from Star Trek. Okay. Because you get to, like, hold it with both hands. Sure. And it has many blades. Okay. Listen, I just, like, I've always wanted one. Sure. Okay. Okay. Today... <clears throat> Excuse me, we are, we are about me now. I didn't know we were doing this already, okay, go ahead. Well, we don't have anything else to say, do we? No. Well, yeah, no. I did, I said okay. <laughs> okay, what? No, I said okay, and then you were like, um, you're interrupting me, and I didn't know I was interrupting you. Today's a lot, I think. What else do we have about today? Nothing. Yes, we do. Oh, I could Oh, I could say no. <clears throat> yeah, I set you up and you just didn't do anything. Uh, today we ha- <clears throat> Today we have words to say about episode 221 of Riverdale, Judgment Night. Judgment Night. Now, is it really called Judgment Night, Robin? Yes, it is called Judgment Night. Hoof. Okay. So uh, I confused myself. So, this episode I guess was apparently originally called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Now, I'm glad they changed it to Judgment Night, because I think that's a way better title. And Uh um, I was worried that, that it was... used to be Judgment Night, but then it was the... like, it became The Killing of a Sacred Deer. So last episode, we said Judgment Night, and I was like, we are stupid! Turns out, we're not stupid. It's okay. Well, in this one instance, we're not stupid. Yeah, so, like, yeah, the title changed, I guess. That's... that's it. But... Okay, so The Killing of a Sacred Deer is the original title and it was a 2017 psychological horror film. And it starred Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman. That's such a stacked cast. I love Colin Farrell. Why? Everything he does is great. Okay. Look, can I bring you a movie on on Vancouver? <laughs> on Vancouver when when I come to Vancouver? You sure can't because I don't have a DVD player. Well, I'm sure I'm bringing my laptop, don't I? Oh, all right. Yeah. Don't well, I? Movie Man, I just can't speak properly. I sure am bringing my laptop, don't I? Good thing your job isn't to podcast. Yeah. Listen, thought... It's 10.30 p.m. I woke up at 9. That's a long day. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So the film follows a cardiac surgeon who is... Uh, international treasurer Colin Farrell, who secretly befriends a teenage boy with a connection to his past. He introduces the boy to his family who begins to fall mysteriously ill. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, I'm definitely watching this on Netflix tonight. Yeah, because you. I remember when we first talked about it being called Killing of a Sacred Deer and you said, ooh, I'm, I'm going to watch it on Netflix then. Yeah, and then I saw like the Netflix description and I was like, oh, I don't know, really know if I'm into this, but that one is much better. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally like the main sentence on on the wikipedia page but okay yeah it looks pretty dope i would i'm really interested in it if i wasn't terrified of most things i would watch it too also you can watch it you can be like wow colin farrell is great (laughs) um what movie do you want to bring oh i'm gonna bring saving mr banks oh i actually did want to see that oh dude it's so freaking good um, cause I always wanted like the story of like acquiring Mary Poppins is actually like a really ugly Dude, one. it's literally so freaking good. I can't say enough good things about it. It literally like came out and it, I don't think it was that popular, but like Emma Thompson, Tom Hanks, Colin Farrell, BJ Novak, like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it was so good. And, yeah. I wa- and I, like, I would watch it more often if I had the time. But yeah, I have it on DVD. It is so good. I recommend like reacquainting yourself with the story of Mary Poppins before you watch it. But to all, this isn't even that relevant. Just the fact that Colin Farrell was in a movie that this episode isn't even called. (laughs) But Um, this is a recommendation for saving Mr. Banks. Thank you. And also, if you're like me, you have absolutely no need to reacquaint yourself with Mary Poppins because you had a very intense Julie Julie Andrews phase as a teenager. Snaps. So you're very well acquainted with her entire filmography, even the bad stuff. <laughs> and so, wait, bad stuff? How dare you? Did you watch Princess Diaries enough? Yeah, that's, what, that's why I loved her so much. Oh my god, I love Princess Diaries. And then I went back and watched her entire filmography. Yeah. Literally everything. I watched yeah. it all. I support you. Thank you, I'm very valid. So the actual name of the episode is Judgment Night, which was a 1993 American action thriller film about friends on the run from a gang of drug dealers after they witness a murder. Yo, that title's not nearly as good. What, Judgment Night? Yeah. I think that that for their big episode, calling it Judgment Night is you're like, ooh, yeah, that's what it's called. Not necessarily like the the details behind it. But I think that if you're saying like, like, you know how on The 100 we always reference Die All, Die Merrily? Yeah. And we say Die All, Die Merrily because that's a great title. Like, I feel like if we said, oh, remember what happened in Judgment Night? We'd be like, yes, I remember. Remember what happened in The Killing of a Sacred Deer? We'd be like, that's a mouthful, friend. All right, that's fair. I mean, I do think Killing of Sacred Deer is a more dope name. Mm-hmm. But you're right in terms of like, yeah, this is more memorable. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's more relevant, not necessarily when you look at the context, but when you, like, look at the actual words. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, Brittany, I have a question. Oh, my God. I have an answer. Toot or boot? Toot. Yeah. Tell me yeah. why. I enjoyed watching the episode quite a bit. hmm I don't know. I just, like, I watched it. I had a good time. I was proven right and valid and amazing. And I look like Linda Evangelista. I'm a model. <laughs> so. You could walk down the runway in a diaper. Yeah, and the judges would just eat me up. Mm-hmm. But no, I like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that like basically every single character was in it, which yeah. I kind of wish the whole like season had been. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was it was a solid episode. Robin, toot or boot? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna give it a toot. I okay. I have been really struggling with this just because um I have kind of said before that the way I'm tooting and booting is the way that the episode made me feel. Mm-hmm. um and not like how well the episode was written but I'm kind of struggling with that now because I do think that this episode was like pretty well written and I am really pleased with it how did I feel while watching it stress but you know that's a good hour of television stress but also very sad I cried well of course you did but I cry at most things yes so, you do. but I am going to give this episode a boot I mean a toot I mean a toot <laughs> sorry <laughs> you're like what are you talking about a toot <laughs> like- make up your mind <laughs> a toot i think it's like i think that's totally fair because structurally and stylistically and especially with writing it is a toot it's just how you feel is less yeah Britt, brit did you did you want to talk about the patreon real quick oh yeah before we get started um we have a patreon if you're interested in helping us keep this pod and our other pods going our patreon is patreon.com slash the and please feel free to donate. Even a dollar? That would be great. And this has been your shameless plug of the episode. Just kidding. There'll be another one at the end. Yeah, we know know that not everybody stays until the outro, so you might not know that we have a Patreon, but a Patreon is just a monthly donation to some of your favorite creators. And if we are uh, one of those, then we would appreciate your support. All right, should we get started? Yeah. All righty. So the way that I um, split this up, is Lodges, Coopers, and the Black Hood, and then, like, the whole Archie and Jughead thing, which kind of intertwines. Fred is gonna go find Archie. Veronica's like, I'm gonna come with, and then Andre shows up, and he's like, hello, it's me, Andre. Remember when Andre was stabbed? Yeah, and he made it through. He sure did. Freaking Adams. Like, I have grown to love Andre, and I'm upset. Yeah, I'm gonna miss Andre, to be honest with you. He was- not the best person, but he was loyal. But he wasn't the worst. No, he wasn't the worst and he was no. loyal. And I became attached to him and now I'm sad. You're valid for being sad. Thanks. So they're talking about how Hermione has to go to the register and like make an announcement or or a um, statement or something. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. And Hiram's talking about how the chaos is really good for them. And I'm like, you're out here being like, you know, because Hiram's a nice guy. People are getting shot. Places are getting robbed and looted. Good for us. You're Yeah, garbage. Hiram's like, oh, chaos? This is fantastic. Thank Fun. you. Hiram's like, I'm going to go out with like some deputy and we're going to, you know, do whatever. And she's like, Hiram, are you keeping a secret for me? And I was literally like, <gasps> a fair affair literally we cannot get away from adultery in this show apparently (laughs) he's like what no of course and just like the worst kiss of all time yeah just like ugly just not good Like not i don't even i don't like to watch people kiss not even just because i'm ace just be just as a person i feel like it's a violation of privacy like i know that uh that's a thing on television like obviously or whatever but like that one made me extra uncomfortable. But having said that, dying for an Alice and FP kiss. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. I, I mean, was like, well, if they're my face. <laughs> well, well, the thing is that like, I I would just like want to to happen. I'll like watch it twi- like twice, and then I'll be like, okay, now I know it happened. Like I just won't watch it again. But but I just want it to happen. Plus, I think it also really helps that you know that the actors really want to kiss each other. Yes. Like, they really want the ship as much as we do. Yes. And I think that definitely helps. How did we make this about snake parents already? Listen, we (laughs) have a talent. We lean into the talent. Yeah. Okay, so Veronica's out here. She's seeing the riots and she sees Midge's mom. And it turns out that Midge's mom shot Fang. So, like, I was right that it wasn't Reggie. Well, we both didn't think it was Reggie. No, I thought it was something a little bit darker, which was that Archie accidentally, like, participated in it how do you feel about it being midges mom i think it's easy mm-hmm. um because i think we'll never see midges mom again yeah i'm not overly upset about it i honestly don't have strong feelings about it either way yeah just because it was gonna have to be someone mm-hmm. how do you feel I'll talk a little bit more about how I feel about Fangs in in the, like, storyline that's mainly about him. But I think if Fangs had survived, which I secretly, like, think that he did because okay. um, I have to think that for my health, uh-huh. um, <laughs> then then, like, fine, whatever. But the fact that, like, and I know Fangs wasn't a main character and he wasn't that important to most people, but he was important to me. And the fact that he just, like, got shot willy-nilly by a random character we learned about two episodes ago, that's annoying. Plus, like, he was kind of made to be, like, a sacrificial lamb Mm -hmm. for something he didn't do. I literally was like, if this episode is called The Killing of a Sacred Deer, who's the deer? At first I was like, oh my god, it's Fangs, and then I was like, it's Jughead. (laughs) Which, by the way, Jughead isn't dead. Chill out. Oh, yeah, you really think they're gonna kill off the most popular character on their show? No! Dude, if they kill off Jughead, I will not cry. Like Jughead's one of my favorite characters, but I won't cry. I'll just laugh. Because you have to be pretty freaking stupid to kill off your most popular character. No, they honestly they won't they won't do that. They I, would I, not. I'm not even saying I'm not even saying that to convince myself. I know it to be true. Literally, that is a bad business decision. Cole's no, face he- is on half of their merch. Cool's face is on all of their merch. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really, really dumb if if they did that. They would single-handedly tank, like, all of Hot Topic. Literally, Hot Topic would be barren. Where would the goth shop? <laughs> Don't know. Where would we secretly shop to buy drag queen merchandise? Uh, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Jughead has to live so that we can keep buying merchandise with men in dresses on him. Mm-hmm. Take a drink. Robin and Brittany talked about a drag queen. Ooh, aficionados drinking game. You'll be dead in no time. (laughs) So, ooh, we should make that up. We should see. I like that idea. Cool. So Hermione's in there making her statement and she's talking about how all of this is the Black Hood's fault and that she wants to have a $1 million bounty. And they're like, is that legal? I mean, is it? It doesn't say dead or alive. She said dead or alive. She said alive, preferably dead. Okay, that's asking people to hunt another human is super illegal. Yeah. My thing is just that like this is like so much overkill. Like I feel like if you were like $100,000 bounty, people would be like dope. But a million dollar bounty? I'd do it for, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Robin, what were you about to say? I'm literally kidding. Okay, but given the fact that we know who the identity of at least one of the Black Hoods is, and we know that he was sh- to Alice, I would do it for free. Oh, murder. Oh, <laughs> she's a murderer now. So, uh, no, I wouldn't really. I'd chicken out and cry. Oh, fully. And so Betty's like, Fangs was not shot by the Black Hood. Like, we did, like, was the Black Hood even there? Yeah, right. And Alice is like, why are you protecting a murderer, friend? I mean, is Alice not valid in this moment? <laughs> Veronica calls Archie, and Archie's like, aren't you supposed to be at my house? And I'm like, seriously? Like, now? I mean, like, if it was me, if I was your girlfriend, you'd be like, hey, there's a riot going on. Didn't I tell you to stay at my house? I'd be like, true, yes, I am still there. Yeah. But it's Veronica. Of course so, she didn't stay put. Like, you have to know when dating Veronica that if you tell Veronica anything, one, she's not going to listen, and two, she'll probably do the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And so she's like, no, Mrs. Klump shot fangs. Also, I love you. I love you. Okay. They do love you. Whatever. And so Veronica goes up to her mom and the sheriff and she's like, oh my God, there's a freaking bounty. Why are you trying to turn Riverdale into Gotham City? Great joke. Great, great joke. joke. And there's a really great moment afterwards where Sweet he does this baddest thing where he like just rips a photo. I'm like, that was a good moment. Really big fan of that. I also congrats to the CW on being able to make that joke. Yes. <laughs> because they own, like, the entirety of the DC universe at this point. Yeah. So Veronica's saying, where did you even get a million dollars? And she's like, oh, we have secret funds. And he's, like, she's like, why are you trying to use my money? And they're like, no, it's not. It's not your money. She's like, why are you stealing my money? And so she locks herself in the study and she's like, it's not even in there, Veronica. And so she gets in there. She opens the drawer. Well, she breaks into the drawer and she finds the October surprise. Okay. What do you think about this? I don't know what to think about it. I would like to hear what you think about it first so that I can then piggyback on what you said and be like, oh, yes. Okay. Now I know what my own thoughts are. Gotcha. I actually often do that to you. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. So first of all. An October surprise Mm -hmm. is like a really common like political tactic that Americans use because their elections are always in October. They use it and the October surprise this year was basically Comey saying, hey, or last year, hey, we reopened the case against like Hillary Clinton and then Hillary lost the election and now we live in this hellscape. So their October surprise worked. Yes, October surprises are very effective. Mm -hmm. This one is the most, like, okay, listen. James Comey stealing, basically stealing the election for Donald Trump was shocking. This is disgusting. Mm. Hiram Lodge using his own wife's infidelity to punish her and saying, oh, it'll take down Fred more than you. Does he, is he really so stupid that he does not live in a world where women do not get punished more brutally for the same indiscretions that men do. Mm. Does he really, he he, he somehow just fully, ooh, ooh, what? Yeah, this is like, this is like things that you hear when you're in high school where people are just like, if a girl sleeps around, she's called a slut. If a guy sleeps around, he's called a player. He's yeah. called, like, you know, he gets high fives. Okay. There's that other, like, metaphor that was just like, if there is a lock and a key, right? A yeah. key, a lock who gets opened by a bunch of keys is a sh- crappy lock. And a key that opens a bunch of locks is called a master key. Yeah. It's 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 how men view women. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how the, I mean, but it does seem like the lodgers are completely unable to understand modern day sexism because they operate in old mafia, like ways that I'm sure even the current mafia is like s- scoffing at. Right. Because, He's literally, like, prostituting his wife's reputation to take, like, Fred down in the most sexist way possible. The October surprise is the most sexist thing in the entire world, and the reason that it works is because you can totally buy that Hiram does not give a crap about his wife. That's another thing that bothers me is it's just, like, Hermione got with Fred while Hiram was in prison because she liked Fred. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, she literally can't stand up to her husband for fear of, what, death? Yeah. Or, to like... Be like, actually, I didn't do this. Like, what... Does Hiram think that Hermione got with Fred because cause they could use it as leverage later? Is that no. what she tried to tell him? Like, I'm so confused. I think Hermione got with Fred and it pissed Hiram off so much that he's kind of low-key been looking for a way to punish her this entire time, and that was the mm. way. And then he gaslit her into believing that her revealing her own affair would be good for her. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And here's the thing. Most people already can know about it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Most people were very aware because it's not like they were exactly discreet. Mm-hmm. But still, he like Hy- Hiram is, is an abuser. Mm-hmm. And he's a coward, And he's a bad person and he's sexist and I cannot wait for him to go away. Mm -hmm. Like last week I was like, okay, he's a vaguely compelling like character. Now I'm like, no, like this, this crosses the line. Like we don't need men like this populating the television. He's gotten, he's gone from like a bad dude to full on a villain. Yeah. In the space of one episode. Yeah. And I mean, he's always low key been a villain. Mm-hmm. But you've been able to tolerate it because, like, you know, characters that you like have been around him. And you kind of been waiting to see what his motivations were. And his mm-hmm. motivations the entire time were just take over Riverdale and screw his wife over. And, like, this is kind of more relevant to one of the other storylines. But, like, the moment where he literally, I mean, as far as we are speculating, put that gun in Reggie's hand. And as soon as something bad happens from it, Reggie says, Hiram, I need your help. And Hiram goes, sorry, bye. And then laughs. Yep. Hiram's got no sense of loyalty. What? Hiram does not care about the people around him. Hiram cares about Hiram. That messes, that, like, that's the part that really messed me up the most. I'm like, you put a gun in a teenager's hand, and when something bad comes from it, you throw him out, like... I mean, you know, Reggie's cancelled, and we know this. Yeah. But he's still a teen who doesn't know what he's freaking doing. You're the one who put this in his head, and now you're just abandoning him on the street. And there's so many toxic ideas in Reggie's head that could be undone by men like Fred. Mm, you know, yeah. like Reggie is such a product of toxic masculinity, mm, and he's he's he, he's the prime example, like Chuck, of people who can pull themselves out of toxic masculinity and become good people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's going to get a chance to do that because clearly, oh, I just had a I just had a revelation. Hmm. Hey, Reggie wait. was supposed to be Chuck and carry the musical. Yeah, so maybe they were like, "Okay, let's have this be Reggie," and uh-huh. then they redeemed Reggie, and then realized they wanted Reggie to shoot Fang. So they were like, "Can't have it be Reggie. He can't be redeemed and then taken away again." That would make sense, actually. I think that's what happened. Okay. Okay. So yeah, story-wise, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so that they- that definitely feels in part of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, I okay. think so too. Yeah. So they read the October surprise and they realize, you know, how freaking garbagey it is. And Hermione's explaining that, you know, Fred's whole thing is family values and this will completely like, you know, it's going to hurt both of them, but it's going to hurt him more. And no, I'm like, not. literally what? And so <laughs> I, I literally wrote the note, Hiram sucks, like four times. And like literally that is the full note. Hiram sucks. Just because everyone's talking about how garbagey Hiram is. And he only cares about himself. And she's like, oh, he would never hurt us. And I loved this line from Veronica where she's like, the fact that you still believe that is chills me. Chills me. Yeah. 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 Great. Because Snaps for Cam- for Camilla. Camilla? How does she pronounce her name? Uh I think it's Cam- I think it's Camilla. Cammy. Everyone Camilla. calls her Cammy. I can do that. <laughs> okay, but okay, 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 okay. The fact that Ronnie is now coming out of, like, whatever little stupor she's been in for- Hang on, I'm digging. Mm-hmm. What, whatever she's been in for most of the season and is finally seeing her father for what he is. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is so late for this realization. I fully agree, especially because through all of season one, Veronica was like, you know, something bad happened. She'd be like, it was my dad. And they'd be like, mm, no, it was somebody else. And she's like, what if it was my dad? Like, she was just looking to blame her dad. And all this whole season, she's been, like, tr- trying to see the best in him. And I'm like, you should have listened to your gut, season one, fam. Exactly. So I kind of don't buy this because I'm like, but he's been doing sh- stuff the whole season. How is it you're just noticing now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So Hiram calls Pop. Or Pop calls Hiram. I can't remember, but he's like, "Oh, hey, Pop, what's up?" And he's like, "Well, literally, there are um, riots happening." And Hiram's like, "No kidding! <laughs> Never would have guessed that." This Didn't is like definitely help instigate them. I love seeing Hiram angry. So this is like my favorite part. One of my favorite parts of the of the episode where Pop's like, "Oh, don't worry, all the hot dads came and saved us," and Hiram's literally like, "Okay," and he's like, "Yeah, they're heroes now." And then so he's like, oh, because small fry shows up. And so pop's like, oh, and then Hiram hangs up on him. Like if he had stayed on the line for like 3.2 more seconds, pop would have been like, um, there's a scary dude here to see you. But Hiram hangs up and then he's just pissed because he's not one of the hot dads. You know what? He should be pissed. He's not one of the hot dads, but he doesn't deserve to be a hot dad. Exactly. He's hot enough to be one of the hot dads, but oh, you got to sure. be a good person to be one of the hot dads. Yep. Sorry. That's why Hal isn't there. Mm-hmm. Hot dad brigade. Only good dads allowed. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Sam, y'all know Sam. <laughs> She's been on the pod a bunch of times. Um, I date her. Yeah. So Sam t- texts no, us. Homo, <laughs> no homo, though. No homo, though. Sam texts us and she goes, this is what we're learning. Dads whose names start with F are good dads whose names start with h are bad (laughs) and that's what we know and what about dads whose names start with t that's the thing like sometimes they're okay but they're not very good at their jobs well tom keller is an outlier and should not have been (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah Hiram's just pissed that he's not one of the hot dads so well sorry about it but no tea no shade to mark consuelos you are a hot dad mark consuelos you're just not part of the hot dad brigade on this show. Yeah. But you're a hot dad, and you should know Don't it. worry. So Small fries here. He is not small, which I guessed. <laughs> I figured, ooh, that I guy is not going lo- to be small. Listen, I have a very simple sense of humor. Mm-hmm. If you pull something like this where, like, someone's named Tiny and he's exactly. big, I will laugh at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, literally Hiram's like, okay, Pop, well, glad you're okay, bye. And then he just, like hangs up and it's just like oh not one of the hot dads and so we learn that small fry is looking for Hiram so it's interesting that like what's his name Elio was saying that everyone thinks that Archie himself killed Papa Poutine but small fry knows that it was Hiram was it personally Hiram I don't remember what do you mean was it personally Hiram who killed Papa Poutine I don't think so I don't think so I think it was somebody else but you know it was Hiram's fault but I also fully don't remember either it was like Andre or something, probably. Is Andre a hitman? He killed that one kid after they after he attacked uh, them in the woods. Oh right. So anyway, next next uh, next part. So Small Fry is at the Pembroke and he sees Andre, and Veronica's saying, "Maybe I have lost my nerve, but at least I haven't lost my mind." Snaps. Snaps. Obsessed. And so she's like, not only would this ruin Fred's campaign, but it would literally ruin his life. And I'm like, I don't doubt that, but like, doesn't everybody know already? And you know what also I think is heartbreaking? Mm. Ronnie doesn't think about the fact that it would ruin her life too. Veronica's or or Hermione's? Yeah. Yeah. It would ruin Veronica's life. It would ruin Archie's Mm. life. Like, she doesn't even think about that. She just thinks about Fred. Right. She's such a good bean. Yeah. And she thinks about her mom too support yeah. them so the break the door gets broken down and the dude says that if that papa poutine hashtag mc Ganey i miss you i hope you come back so- i mean he's dead so no but he was on loss yeah, I was and i love say. him he said my dad said that if so if he ever got heckin' murdered don't go after the person who murdered him go after who they love and you're like that is crazy but also like <sighs> Brilliant. Like, I hate to say it, but like, true. That's the that's yeah. what's gonna hurt the most. Yeah. That's like when people say <laughs> people as if this is just a regular Tuesday, but I mean like on dystopian <laughs> type of things. But you go know Go away, go away. They say, I'm gonna kill everybody here. Like I'm gonna kill all your friends, and I'm gonna kill you last. That's what that reminds me of. Well, it's it's um Clark and Matt Weather. And it's uh Charlie and Ethan on Lost. Oh, see, we we all can do mm-hmm. this. It's a trope. We all can relate. Yeah. So uh, there's a gun hidden in the study. Because, of course, they Under is. the cigars. And. That's brilliant. And Hermione kills small fry. All right, can we just snaps for Hermione? Because I'm really proud of her. I mean, I probably. Like, if I were there, I would just, like, wound. Um. Not really one for actually killing, but... But, but I mean, I feel like she hasn't been trained. Oh, true, true. So, she's like, shoot wildly. Something will happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like you get a lot of training as a mob wife because apparently they don't believe in... Because they don't think you can do anything. (gasps) So, Hiram comes home and Andre's dead. R.I.P. Andre. You know what? Andre made it really far. He did, and who's the next Andre? Whoever it is won't be as good as Andre. Agreed. I mean, Andre was never as good as, as Smithers, so, you know, you just can't can't live up to your predecessor. That's what we've learned. Hey, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Good news. At least Smithers is still alive. Yeah, Smithers is chilling. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed about this scene that um, I don't, it, it super isn't relevant, but that hmm. uh, when Hiram walks into the Pembroke, it's the sound of a text sending, and then he puts down his phone. I assume it's to Penny. Why do you assume it's to Penny? Because that's who he's been meeting up with and paying? I assumed it was to the other Black Hoods. Oh, snap! I mean, in my mind... Man, Dads' whose names start with H. You guys suck. (laughs) Like, honestly, in my mind, at this point, Hiram is quite obviously working with someone Black hoodish. If only because... He has the stupid leather jacket they all seem to be wearing. <laughs> it's like, wow, something terrible is happening, Hiram. I mean, let's—we'll talk about the leather jackets later. But yeah, I assumed that he was texting the black hoods, but he could have been texting Penny. You're yeah, right. Yeah, and so anyway, he—he's texting somebody, and you know, I don't know if that was like. Written into the script, or if, like, they were like, "Uh, oh, he needs something to be doing when he comes in, let's have it be that, or, or whatever. But that's something mm-hmm. that I noticed. So when he comes upstairs, he's like, oh, my God, my family. And they're like, oh, wow, you, 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 you care about your family suddenly? You bothered to come home uh-huh. and be concerned for us for once in your life? Cool. Question mark, question mark, question mark. So they're all sitting at the table, and they're like, you heckin' clean it up. Boy, not my problem. Yo, the, the, it took a whole season, but seeing them unite against Hiram is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. Agree, agree. So the ending scene for this storyline is that Hiram says that the sheriff's office, because Mineta is crooked as heck, he said, oh, we, they tagged them as riot victims. It's whatever. We, we, you know, we're off scot-free. It's fine. And they're like, listen, we found your October surprise. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's the cost of winning, whatever. And she's like, there is always going to be an October surprise with you. And you're just going to use your family as collateral. You're trash. I mean, is she wrong? She is absolutely not wrong. No. And I support her. I feel like Hiram doesn't see his family as his family. He sees them as a means to an Mm. end. Mm Mm-hmm. And that makes him a villain. Agreed to me. Cool. (laughs) Fun um do you want to talk about the black hood oh my god let's totally talk about the black hood this is basically what i've been dying to talk about the entire time so you know cheryl's getting attacked so she runs she barricades the door uh you know he's got a freaking axe but she escapes and she finds her arrows and literally changes her outfit and shoots him in the shoulder i'm sorry only legends only gay legends Mm -hmm. find time for an outfit change in the middle of being attacked. Also, I wanted to point out that the actor who is, or or maybe they recorded this later, but like it sounds like Hal is being shot. And, like it sounds like his voice. Well, yeah, and he has a wound on his shoulder yeah. through the next couple scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Just like when I was uh, when I was listen- when I was watching it the second time, knowing it was Hal. Okay. Yeah, you were like, oh, okay, it's definitely yeah. Hal. So we know that Betty has talked to Hal and been like, "I'm gonna be at town hall." So why does he go and and try and kill Cheryl? Yeah, like, was she not talking to him the whole time? Or was he going to kill Cheryl and bring Cheryl's body to the hole? Like... That would be messed up. I mean, he's a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But like, for the show, that'd be messed up. I just... That, I mean, it just further plays into my theory, doesn't it? Yes, it sure does. And actually... It sure heckin' does. Something that I wanted to point out that I noticed when we watched for the first time Mm -hmm. is that we get this moment, and I just, like, noticed this stuff because I went to film school and stuff. But, like, this is the first time that we have, like, some shots that are from the Black Hood's perspective. Like, we usually have, you know, where the character of the Black Hood is attacking and so we are afraid mm-hmm. of the black hood but once cheryl disappears w- we're relating to the black hood because we're like where's cheryl and we're, we're even getting pov shots and we you know we never get those again but like why did they give us those i think it was that made me feel gross inside i didn't want to relate to no him. i loved it because if you think about if you think back on mm-hmm. it now it was because he had become the prey oh yeah for sure okay yeah yeah, yeah. so like I think that's brilliant because it very subtly tells us it it communicates fear within the Black Hood. All of a sudden, he is not someone who is dangerous and mysterious. He's someone who is wounded and confused Mm -hmm. and has just been bested by a teenage girl. I like that. And it's, you know, some Red Riding Hood realness. Oh, my God. Cheryl fully, she even gets the gloves on. She's like, hang on, hang on. I know I'm being attacked and someone's trying to kill me. But we got to do this But right. if I'm going out, I'm going out in style. Yeah. And, like, she so confidently didn't think she was yeah. going to die, too. She was like, mm, no, I'm taking care of this while I can. Betty is getting a phone call and... Oh, I know what I said. Okay, Betty's getting a phone call. It says it's, it's two missed calls from Jughead. But charge sound is what I wrote. The sound of her getting a missed call is the sound that you used that your phone used to make when you charged it when you plugged it in oh. and I was like that's not the right one <laughs> I'm like somebody in <laughs> editing is just like phone sound yep this one <laughs> someone in editing is like uh millennials have their ringers on all the time right yeah <laughs> right <laughs> and it's like no we freaking don't absolutely not so Betty texts Jughead, is just like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm at the register. It's chill. And then Cheryl calls, and she's literally talking about this deadpan. Who is this person? <laughs> you know what? After the sh- Cheryl scene, I get it. <laughs> she's like, you know what? This doesn't phase me. My own father killed my brother. Literally, my mother tried to put me through gay conversion. She's like, Hi. this is nothing. I just got attacked by the black hood. Yeah, he could have been your dad, I guess, but I wounded him. So, and and this was the moment where I was just like, you cannot hide now. Because before it was just, like, not yep. really any discernible qualities. Like, who could it be? But it's just, like, if you see Keller and Hal in the same room, and you're, like, Kel- and Keller's fine, but Hal has a wound in his shoulder, you're, like, now I know. That's him. You yep. literally can't fake not having, you can't fake having a, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I, my words are right now. But, but that's not, like, you can't hide now. Because this is a quality yeah. that not a lot of people have right now. And I love that Cheryl is so smart that she knew to do that because like she didn't shoot to kill at first. Mm -hmm. She shot to wound so that she could hunt her prey properly. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to track him through the woods. And now he's, he's working on instinct and he could kill anybody. I just, I live for this Cheryl. Mm -hmm. I live for any Cheryl, but especially this Cheryl who's like, no nonsense, in charge, Gonna take care of business, Cheryl. Right. Here's my next big question. Alice is at the register, and the register has employees? Yeah, there's just, like, randomly some dude there, and I'm like, who are you, dude? What? Like, there were, like, actual people back there, and I was like, I fully thought that only the Coopers worked there. Yeah, so did I. Because it's supposed to be a small town. Well, I mean... Right. I think we all know how that one works. Oh, yeah. In that we don't know how it works, and it's inexplicable. So then... Alice and Betty are talking on the phone and she's like, yeah, Hal is out covering the riot, of course. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving. Like, this is good for the paper, of course. And Betty's like, cool, yeah, stay put. Thanks, bro. Yeah, she's like, cool, yeah, stay put. By the way, that was a really messed up thing that you said. <laughs> yeah, also, um, that's kind of garbagey, but okay. She's like, ah, that's just my mom. <laughs> what else is new? Hashtag little Alice things. So Cheryl calls again and she's saying, yeah, he could be heading to your house because I lost him here. And please don't go to your house alone. And Betty's like, cool. Sounds like I should go into my house alone. Betty's like real smart. Just like not right now. Just like not right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so Betty goes home alone and there's blood all over her house. And at this point, I'm just like, how is it not Hal? Like it has to be Hal now. It has to be Hal. Who else is going into her house for no reason? And it's like, you could make some, like, reach where it was like, oh, it was the riots, but it's like, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, who you're not going to be like, I will choose any house to bleed in. Yeah, exactly. Next time we see her, Betty has cleaned up Hal's mess? Betty. Why <clears throat> are you doing this? Betty. Betty. <clears throat> Betty. 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 Listen, I know that things are really hard right now. I know <sighs> that your dad's a serial killer and your brother who isn't really your brother might be dead and your real brother might be dead. And your sister disappeared somewhere with your nieces that she she had with your cousin. Yeah. 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 And that your mom slept with your boyfriend's dad and they had a child together. (laughs) Listen, I know life's hard right now, but that's no excuse for destroying evidence. Okay. Here's my thing about this. I know that Betty has like a darkness, or whatever, um, and like, I love my dad, just like people who have good dads love their dad, because my, my dad is good, and you may have thought that your dad was good uh, for a while here, but you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I also have a sense of justice, and so if my dad killed like five people, I haven't counted, but if my dad killed five people, I would be like, I do not want to help this man in any way. I, I would yeah. immediately hand him over to the police. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know what your darkness is is telling you to do, but this is incorrect. Your darkness. This is incorrect. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know what your darkness <laughs> is telling you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And so... Sips beverage. Betty gets an unknown call and she's like... <gasps> and I'm like, girl, that's not the Black Hood. It ain't singing Lollipop. Please. Girl, if please. it was the Black Hood, it would play Lollipop. And we all know this. Well, maybe Betty doesn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, like, so, so it only plays when the Black Hood calls and all other unknown calls, even though they're from the same number, according to your phone, th- they only- I like, guess. <sighs> Ugh, technology doesn't work that way. But, okay, so it's FP. And I'm like, wow, what a great surprise. This is exactly, like, if it could be anybody, this is great. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, if Robin wanted anyone to call her phone, it would probably be FP. Yes, or Sweet Pea. Oh, fair enough. So uh, he's like, hi, just wondering if Jughead's there. And she's like, no. Um, And he's like, oh, BT Dubs, like, your dad's here in the hospital. And he looked, like, pretty bad. So, like, do you want me to go check on him? (laughs) And Betty's like, if you go check on him, you will literally be murdered. Yeah, like, please don't. Please don't go anywhere near him. Please don't do that. Thank you to Betty for doing the Lord's work and not getting FP killed. That would upset both my mother and Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> just a bad plan all around, fam. Yeah. So Betty shows up at the hospital, and this nurse basically just, like, guesses what room he's in. Excuse me, what era is this nurse from? <laughs> we talked about this in 201. Like, what kind of hospital is this where people still wear that crowd? I feel like that's really demeaning. Oh, it's it's so weird. Like, I don't know any nurse today that would voluntarily wear that because it's not practical. No, it's super not practical. And like, it's very sexist. It's 2018, apparently. And like the doctors get to wear like modern day lab coats. What's up with that? But there was a, there was an Easter egg in this scene here. Ooh, tell me. She said that uh, he was in room 221. Can you tell me why that number is important? Uh, Yes, because of 221 Baker Street. Oh, that's not what I was thinking of. Oh, because it's the episode number. Because it's the name of the Because epi- it's the number of the episode. I like mine better. I like it too. <laughs> so she goes into the room and, how can the black hood kill Doctor Masters? For what reason, dude? This is supposed to be a small town. You don't have that many doctors. I don't understand why the black hood was like, yes, <gasps> I must kill this random doctor. Is the is the fact that Doctor Masters was dead the reason why Fangs died? I will. I, mean- I will kill Hal myself. Remember earlier when I said I would kill Hal and you were like, no. Now I'm angry. You're like, oh, okay, now this is it. Not that like- You ruined the surgeon. Not that Al- that Alice has been living with like <laughs> a psychopath this whole time. It's, it's for fangs. Well, I have thoughts on this later. <laughs> Can you please protect Alice? I mean, really. So I'm the phone in the hospital rings and she picks it up. And the heckin' black hood is like, oh, he asks too many questions. And he's using the frickin' like- I don't know, voice changer. Like she knows it's you now. Yeah, but does she? Because which one is she talking to? Oh, she's right. Maybe the voice changer yeah. is because they want everyone to think it's the same person, but it's not. I think that's almost certain now. That, yeah, that's what I've been. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Womp. Totally just got that. Oh <laughs> my god. It's really hard being this smart. So she's like, okay, so there is literally no method to your killing people now. And he's like, lol, nope. Anyway, come home or I'll kill your mom. See you in 10 minutes. Bye. Love you. Love your hair. Hope you win. What the heck? Love your hair. Hope you win. Your ponytail looks great today. (laughs) Not that I saw you. Yeah, I haven't seen it lately, but I'm sure it's great. Yeah. So how do you feel about Alice getting threatened? feel pretty bad about it, man. I wish we just like wouldn't threaten women. That's my main thing. Yeah, like, both from, like, a huge... Or, like, anybody. Whatever. Keep your feminism intersectional, fam. Exactly. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. (laughs) You're a beautiful soul. I think I'm right on most things. (laughs) I know. But anyway, yeah. Please, like... God, hasn't Alice had a hard enough season? Literally, she... Like, her seeing Midge, like, right behind her... Should have been enough. Like, none of this other crap had to happen to Alice. Like, like, just that alone was too much. And yet, she soldiered on. And yet, then they decided, by the way, you are partially responsible for your son's death. And also, the creep that you let in here is a serial killer. It's not your son? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, your husband you've been married to for like 20 years is a serial killer. And also your daughter has a weird darkness inside her that we're never going to fully mm-hmm. explain as being a legitimate psychological yeah. moment. So cool. <laughs> Sips Diet Pepsi. <laughs> so Betty comes home and Alice is like, oh, sup? And she's like, is dad home? And she she's like, yeah. <laughs> Why? 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 And she's like, we have to run away. And Hal's like, oh, hello, family. Here I am. I have a question, Brittany. Oh my god, I probably have an answer, Robin. I don't know if it's relevant to this exact moment, but I think I will forget if I don't ask you right now, because it just occurred to me. Sure. When in the season do you think they decided it's how? (sighs) This is a really great question. Um, I know. It's really hard. Like, I can't even pinpoint it. I think it was probably right before Carrie the Musical. Gotcha. So it was like right before the hiatus or right after the hiatus. Yeah. Like, right during the hiatus, I mean. Yes. Yeah, like, somewhere in there where, like, Hal disappeared for a few episodes, and they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with FP and Alice. And they were like, okay, once and for all, we can make Hal the big, like, the big bad, which means that Alice is completely justified in leaving him for FP. And we can also explain away a lot of, like, how he knew things because he's, yeah. like, a journalist and stuff. Right. And I think that – I definitely think you're right about that because the Carrie the Musical episode is when they were like, ooh, okay, it's going to be Hal, so we need to bring him back into their lives. And Carrie the Musical episode's the the episode where Hal came back and gave her peonies exactly. And didn't understand. <laughs> and it's also the episode where, like, they – I think they decided, okay, even though Chick's creepy, he's not the Black Hood. Yeah, and – I just think that's annoying just because, like, it was literally so clear it was Keller in that episode. I mean, I feel like we had so much. I feel like we were on to something with that. And I will stand by, like, at some point, maybe Keller was a viable option. I think it's worth going back and watching at least two oh five, which is when a stranger calls when Betty gets all those calls from the Black Hood. Yeah. To see like just how many inconsistencies there's gonna be here. Cause I've said before on this podcast that like I'm kind of disappointed that it's Hal just because like you know, I haven't gone back to listen to them, but if you go back and listen to our beginning of two o two uh season two podcasts, I'm sure we brought up Hal pretty heckin' quickly. Oh, yeah. It was, like, one of our first guesses. So, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how to feel about it. I feel like Hal was a lot of people's guesses, and then they kind of started, like, redirecting mm-hmm. around it, just to kind of, like, throw suspicion off. And then they came back around, and they're like, okay, yeah, no, it's Hal. And you're like, okay, well, I guess it, but then I didn't guess it, so I don't know. Yeah. So, whatever. Okay, so Hal comes in, and she and he has blood on his shoulder. I just want to give a shout out to the continuity department for that, yeah. that because, um... The spot grows. The spot grows. That was important to me. I was just like, if you're yeah. continually bleeding, like, that spot better grow. And when I watched it, like, I was, like, paying attention to it. And it grew. I'm proud. I'm happy. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was really pleased with that as well. Because at first you can kind of write it off as, oh, maybe it's, like, some part of a shirt. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a hole. Or maybe it's a piece of dirt or something that the costuming right. missed. But by the end you're like, yeah. okay, yeah. Like, this has been steadily growing. And as it grows, it, I feel like... I know this is weird, but I feel like the spot itself becomes quite ominous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you're you're watching the ep- like the evidence of what he's saying blossom before your very eyes. Oh, she's so smart. Oh, thank you. I think this moment is so funny because Alice is like, hey Betty, yeah, it's time for popcorn. I can't remember if Alice popcorn or not, but but she's like, oh hey, Betty, yeah. Like I know there's literal riots going on outside, but your dad wants to watch some home movies. Isn't that nice? Ha- like, Alice, queen of compartmentalizing. Ones that she hasn't seen, even though she's been married to him for such a long time. So. But I do like that they brought this whole movie thing back because that has been something that he's done before. That's true. He's, like, mm-hmm. creepily watched them in the basement. I remember this. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 I, I support that. So. So, like, there's parts of this that feel unrealistic and feel like they figured it out at mid-season, but there's parts of it where they've slotted it together yeah. enough for him like, this is viable. Yeah. Would you like to introduce us to this young man who is playing young Hal? Would I, though? Yes, you would. Is it Ethan? It's Ethan. Tell us who Ethan is. So, this little man right here, first of all, such a talented little actor. I love him. He had two CW gigs this year, and one of them was playing... Literally in, like, the same heckin' week? Week. Yeah, it was a big week for him. One was this, of course... And one was playing Ethan on The 100, who is, like, the little wayward kid that Jaha took in and, spoiler alert, like, took care of, like, and has become a different character after Jaha. And he he had, like, a fairly, I, I would say a fairly central role in this week's The 100, actually. Mm-hmm. And now he is on here playing uh, Little Hal. Yeah, I mean, you know, he will never play Little Hal again, but he did good on his little guest star Yes, he did. I'm very proud of him. So they're talking about how his dad sacrificed something for them and how he was very noble. And we learn that his dad is the one who killed all the Conways. And they talked about how sinners have to die. And Alice is just like, what is this, a snuff film? I googled it. True. She's right. You didn't know what a snuff film was. Okay. Of course I didn't. Did you expect me to Yeah, it's like... Somehow I'm always surprised that you don't know these things even though I would be horrified if you knew these yeah, things. Yeah, I had to Google it. So do you want do you want to explain it or would you like me to? Um I kind of want to hear you explain it just because like that would amuse sure. me. Sure. Okay. So uh, let it be known that I literally didn't do any research on this except for Googling snuff film and reading the uh, the definition. So people probably know more about this than I do, but that that's the thing. Okay. So from what I could tell from Google, A snuff (laughs) film is a pornographic film that uh, contains an actual murder in it. Yeah. So (laughs) it actually doesn't even have to be porno. It's basically just a a movie where someone dies. A video that has an actual. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Alice saying, what is this, a snuff film? True. Yeah. It's like, crap, Alice. Yeah, you got it. Could have been. Basically was. And so she's saying, oh, like you have to manipulate Joseph into saying anybody except your dad. And we talk about, you know, doing better and whatever. So he's like, oh, bring out your tape recorder. And it turns out that great grandpappy, the (sighs) fact using the the phrase great grandpappy ruins all drama in every scene. It makes it um, a comedy, which I think feels good, feels organic. And so he's like, Actually, I lied. Great Grandpappy Cooper is the one who killed Great Grandpappy Blossom and not the other way around. And then he took on Cooper to change his heckin' uh, identity or whatever. And the Conways knew about it, so... And they, they blackmailed us, and so that made them sinners. And so that's why my dad killed them. Yo, imagine how pissed Cheryl's gonna be. There is so much information in this scene. It's a huge info dump. <sighs> like, here's the next note that I have that's really important for us to have an entire conversation about. He says mm-hmm. that Joseph was always easy to manipulate as a child and as a man. Okay, so as a child, fine. This was a throwaway line, but this yeah. tells us that Mr. Svensson had nothing to do with it. We were right this whole time that Svensson was yeah, being he was manipulated. Upon. Yeah. I feel great about it. Which means that he, w- and like, it makes sense that he was easily manipulated because he was full of trauma. Yes. So Hal just like seized upon that and used him mm-hmm. and like probably like c- convinced him that like what they were doing was right. Right. And, you know, when we told the story about the Conways, that was 208, which was called House of the Devil. And I remember it because it was the episode where they had that great snake parent scene where they talked about um, leaving him at home. <sighs> that was good. Anyway, <sighs> that was good stuff. That was good stuff. We have to go back and watch that. That episode, like, we gotta go back and watch the whole friggin' season to figure out what the heck is going on. I think that should be a thing that we do during the hiatus, Brittany. Okay. We should rewatch season two and, like, you know, uh, like, actually rewatch season two, like, um, and then, like, a month or two later, we can actually talk about some of the things that we noticed and, and such. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, I know, you know, we've done our season roundtables of loss and stuff, but it's not the same. Because we knew it was going to no. happen, you know? Yeah, w- yeah. Well, I mean, unless you're mean, you've forgotten it all. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> Great. Okay. And then, so Hal talks about his darkness and that Betty also has this darkness. And I'm like, okay. So here's the thing Hal's grandpa killed his brother, Hal's yeah. dad killed an entire family, Hal yeah. kills a whole bunch of random people. And you're telling me that Betty is also going to become a killer? I don't know. I don't think Betty's going to become a killer. I think Betty has, like, dark thoughts that I feel like we all actually kind of have yeah. from time to time. Yeah. Because, uh, like, especially if you, you know, suffer from depression and things like that, you have a lot of ideations. Betty is clearly, like, you know, going through some stuff mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Yeah. So, hell projecting that onto her is basically, like, him absolving himself. Because he's like, well, you know, Betty has them, too. And here's the difference, is it's just like... I don't know about Hal's dad, but Hal has been conditioned by his mother at a young age by saying, listen, your dad did a bad, like, your dad did a bad thing, but he's being told it was a good thing. Whereas Betty knows that what she's, what her family has done is terrible. And that's what I think the difference is. And I think there's a huge thing, and that's part of why Hal is the Black Hood doesn't really work, and you can tell that it wasn't planned Mm -hmm. from the beginning, Of the show, maybe the beginning of the season, not the beginning of the show. um, Because, you know, she has Alice as a mother. Mm -hmm. You know, she has a a serpent as a mother, but who has, like, crazy strict moral stances on things. And you can tell that Hal didn't groom she or Polly to be anything like this. And she doesn't take anybody's crap. Like, clearly, Hal's mom has also been completely brainwashed. And I can't imagine, like being betty and being like that was my grandma like her little grandma she's like my grandma conditioned you to be a murderer yeah that that would be insane yeah that'd be ridiculous so they're talking about how betty also has the darkness and he's like say who i am and he's the black hood and these are all the things he's done and she's like what about you at the debate and he's like no debate wasn't me Brittany." what's up? What's good? What's it like to feel so good? Oh my god, I'm amazing. And like all this stuff with Archie, like it is haggard. Oh, this is the moment where I can read you this theory that I saw on Facebook. Oh, okay. On Facebook? On Facebook. I took a picture. Okay. What the hell are you doing on Facebook? You're, you're supposed to be a good millennial. I'm sorry. So, I do not follow this page. It's called Riverdale memes. But, like, other people commented on it that I'm friends with. So that's why I, I'm, I saw it, just okay. to clarify. And... Are you trying to tell me not to be disappointed in you for being on a Riverdale memes page? Yeah, I, you, you don't have to be because I wasn't on the page. It's it's okay. It was just on my timeline. <sighs> okay. So uh, I'm trying to give credit to somebody. Uh, it says Instagram.com slash tinyavocado. And also, an avocado! Cheryl confess is also on the photo. So, you know, maybe it it goes to them. I'm not sure. But it sounds like it's probably an anonymous thing. So, this is what this theory is. Hal is a Blossom and twins seem to run in the Blossom family. Clifford and Claudius, Cheryl and Jason, Juniper and Dagwood. What if Hal has a twin and they are working together as the Black Hood? The reason Hal is still paying for the share B&B is because his twin is living there and they constantly switch positions. It would also explain why Hal didn't know Alice was allergic to peonies and how Hal was in the audience while the Black Hood attacked the mayoral debates. Yo, I love it. I think that it's really, really smart, but I will be disappointed. Like, I think that, that this theory explains so much, and I, so so I think it's a good theory, and I think, like, I kind of hope it happens. But if it happens, I'm going to be pissed that Claudius exists. What was the point? Claudius exists, and yet, where he go? If you're going to have a secret twin again, two secret twins in the same season— Boy, You can't do it. You can't. No, it's it's, it's sloppy. Sloppy. And also, once again, if Claudius isn't going to mean anything to the season, what was the point of him? Penelope could have been garbage all on her own. I'm so confused about Claudius. I'm confused about Claudius. Like, what? Honestly, exactly what you're saying. What was the point of Claudius? Literally. I cannot think of one. If someone has a point to Claudius narratively, like, I support, um, oh, shoot. The guy who plays him has a really interesting name, and I want to look up what it is so I can give him props. Okay. He is played by Barclay Hope. Barclay. What a dope okay. name. Um, shout out to him. Like, you know, lucky guy getting to come back after your character dies. Like, I think that's great for yeah. him. But like, narratively, storytelling wise, like, what are you doing? Narratively, storytelling wise, I don't know the point other than I guess to to just give us another twin so that we can be like, oh, also Hal has a twin because twins. Ooh. Well, uh, funnily enough, I actually just watched the episode where he was revealed. Where and oh, where Claudius was uh, revealed? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I watched it last night, and mm-hmm. they reveal him, and it really seems to me that the only purpose was to do to have something to do with the blossom inheritance, right? Yeah. And that's I what think it. I think it was supposed to be a catalyst for Cheryl to emancipate herself, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really necessary because everything that Penelope did would have been grounds for Cheryl to emancipate herself. Which means Claudius has to have some bigger role that we're just not seeing. Exactly. And maybe it won't manifest until season three. And if so, like, whoa, that's some thinking ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, which, I mean, snaps if the if they really were thinking that far ahead. Yeah. So Betty's saying, Dad, why did you become the Black Hood? Or maybe it's Alice. I don't remember because I wrote these notes yesterday. And he's like, oh, it's because there's a town of sinners. (laughs) You're so good at your job. (laughs) It's like, I I do such point form. And like, you know, I thought we were going to record yesterday. So that's why I write such point form because I'm like, I'll remember. And then, you know, it it was an extra 24 hours, which is fine. I know. I'm so, I'm so, I'm roasting you even though it was my fault. So let's just. (laughs) It's okay. Technically, it was my grandma's fault. So. Hal is saying, oh, it's because of your Jubilee speech. And, you know, we have to do better. Like, that's a thing that... Uh, Hal was literally triggered, question mark? I guess. Like, do you think this is something that Hal literally pushed away in, black, in the black hood of his mind? And um, Betty was like, <laughs> sorry. I That came to me. I'm so sorry. And Betty saying we must do better was like a switch for yeah, him? Yeah, that's the other thing where you can tell they didn't really plan this. Because it's like, why all of a sudden... Is Hal becoming a murderer. He's been, like, a reporter in Riverdale for a long-ass time now. Mm-hmm. But now is the time that he starts to take vengeance against people. Like, he married someone who cheated on him and had a baby with another man. Yeah. And there was a dead person in his room, in his and house. And he also made her have an abortion. Does he not also see that as a sin? Well, he tried. Or did he well, actually? Yeah. I thought that was Chick. Or well, Charles. I, I, yeah, I think it was try, but, like, I just... I have so many questions about the logic behind Hal's, like, emergence. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, yeah, this makes no sense. Also, why would you want, why do you need this to be recorded? And he said, well, I need them all to understand when they find us. That was one of the best lines of the episode, to be honest. Yep, yep, yep,
1: yep. So chilling. it It was so good.
0: Chilling. It was so chilling. Beautifully delivered. By, um, Lachlan Monroe. Yes. Shout out. Who has... Straight up been killing it the whole season, because when you watch him with Alice, he's very good at seeming very, like, non-threatening. And he knows that people don't like Hal. Just like a regular dad. But he still, like, does his best, and I support him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great actor. He's good at his job. hmm So Alice starts to do this monologue about how she's not surprised. She always knew he was a mama boy and that he can't do anything right. He can't even serial kill right. <sighs> I personally think that alice is a legend she's an icon she's a star Mm -hmm. she's so valid just everything about her like honestly give her a nobel (laughs) yeah right why not why not she's like listen did it ever occur to you that maybe you're the sinner because you're a murderer i mean is she wrong (laughs) <laughs> and then I love this moment where it's like Alice has a plan like she literally like once Hal looks away she's like Betty there is a weapon behind you Betty weapon Betty Betty weapon Betty are weapon you seeing this weapon and so she's like what are you gonna do kill all the jaywalkers I mean maybe also if so I have jaywalked like I don't know a couple times I don't jaywalk regularly but I jaywalked today <laughs> Oh, me too. I walk regularly because I live in Vancouver. <laughs> she's like, literally, what did Fred even heckin' do to you? And he's like, he was an adulterer. And she's like, I, I hate to break um, it to you, fam, but adultery is everywhere here. Name a person. They've cheated on somebody, probably. Name a person. Okay, me. Yeah, you did Yeah, that. it was you. Uh, you. Yup, <laughs> sure did. <Yeah. laughs> like... Hello? Uh Betty. Yep. Yep. Also, mm-hmm. Betty. Yep. Wow. Can you believe it, everyone? And so uh she's like, Oh, by the way, I stepped out on you with FP and he's a real man and I'm like Yeah, you can't see me but I'm dancing. Yo, she was, like, five seconds away from, like, telling him about FP's dick game, and I, I know it to be true. Like, if Betty hadn't snuck up, she was going to keep going. Yeah, she was going <laughs> to. But also. She was going to start, like, whipping out measurements. Oh, my God. But also, this is the first time Betty's hearing about this question mark. <laughs> okay, but there's no way Betty and Juggy hadn't suspected. Oh, yeah, especially after, like, like wait, was Betty told like that they- it was FP's? No? Oh boy. Kate, that's why that's why I wanted Alice to keep going. I wanted Alice to be like, oh yeah. And I had his baby. Yeah, and I want like, I just imagine, like, Betty, they like knock him out, and then Betty's like, so what were you saying? So you did what with Jackie's dad? <laughs> with my boyfriend's dad? And she's like, he was my boyfriend first. Yo. She's like, I am the original you. Jones. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, but can we talk about how in this moment? Alice truly became the Snake Queen. Oh, fully. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's like in every way the Slytherin Queen, the Snake Queen, the Serpent Queen. Mm-hmm. She amazing. is the king. To his, she is the queen to his king. I cry. I love it. So I'm obsessed with it. I love one royal couple. Hal gets arrested by Keller, who isn't the Serpent. <laughs> Keller's like, I don't know what's going on here. Keller's like, literally the other sheriff is doing nothing. We actually caught the actual Black Hood. Who gets the million dollar bounty now? Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Give it to the Coopers. Does Alice get a million dollar bounty? Yeah, and then she's gonna buy Sunnyside Trailer Park and save everyone. Oh my god, please. Yeah, right? Someone write it. <laughs> and then like make that she and FP's like little love nest. <laughs> so then Archie and Fred come up. Oh my gosh, dude. Literally, this was like- dude three seconds, but, like, slow motion Hal walking past Archie and Fred, Fred being his first, like, attempted victim? Yup. Bro. That was heavy. And Archie's like, yo, what happened? I know, Archie's like, so, what's up? And she's like, turns out my dad was the black hood, and Archie's like, word? (laughs) (laughs) Archie's like, Ty? And he's like, oh, so, so... You, like, saw him walk over to my house and try and shoot us or what? And she's like, what? He was literally with us this whole time. And so, fam, there's two black Hello, eyes. hello. Being right feels great. Dude, you called this from the heckin' start. Because, like, it couldn't have been a copycat. No. That's just, like, it's, it, to me, that's narratively And boring. that's a thing that I point out, like, in my notes about, like, the whole Archie and Fred scene is that yeah. dude has the green eyes. Yep. Dude has the super green eyes and looks just like the dude. Yeah. And when you see that dude in the flashbacks now, you know it's not Hal, but like, you know, what can they do? Because if it had so been the, Hal in the first episode or in the in the season finale of season one, we would have been like, oh, Hal? Because we know what Lachlan looks like. And Hal had the jacket. Yeah. Tell me about the jacket. Hal Tell hal- me about it. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. I am like sitting in my chair, like clapping my hands, like, hang on. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. All the shady people in this episode slash shady men have been wearing the exact same leather jacket. Mm. And it is the same leather jacket that the black hood has been wearing the entire time. I always noticed the plaid, but I didn't catch the exact stitching, especially on the left hand lapel. There is a pocket, like a slit of a pocket. Mm -hmm. There's no collar on the jacket. Three people wore that in this episode, okay? Okay. And I watched everyone. Hal wore it. Mm -hmm. Small Fry wore it. Hiram's wearing it. Okay. That's why I'm like, okay, I don't know how Small Fry is involved. I don't know if that's a misdirect, but it has to have something to do with Hiram because he has that jacket on and you can clearly see it. Ayy. So like, if possible, go back, rewatch, look for that jacket because it's on every shady dude. And it's not on Fred and it's not on Keller. Keller's has a fur collar and is bigger and it's brown. It's a rich leather. Mm -hmm. Fred is in a black pea coat. Small fry full on looks like he could be the black hood. Yeah. And FP obviously has a serpent jacket. The serpent jacket has studs, silver studs, and it has a proper collar. Mm -hmm. But the hood jacket has no collar. Also, I love that there are two different serpent logos. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, where did this other logo come from? Well, like, I have this heckin' Southside Serpent sticker that Sam gave me for Christmas. And I'm -hmm. like, oh, cool, I love it. And then they started using the other logo, and I was like, um, okay, so now I just have this irrelevant sticker. What the heck? Like, why would you change the logo after? And they haven't. They just have two now for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Just for variety. I'm confused by it as well. Yeah, basically variety. Fun. Okay, so let's talk about Archie and some serpent stuff, okay? Oh, I forgot the last storyline involved Archie. I'm out. It's just important to talk about. Also, I will fully probably cry again, just so oh, you yeah, know. Oh, yeah, point. Like, the second time and I for- watched it, I did not think I was going to cry. I was uh-huh. incorrect. Oh, yeah. that's nice for you. Keeps you humble. So Fangs is at the hospital, and the nurse is just really flippant because she's just like, um, everybody has a broken arm, and she's like, hey, what's shot? <laughs> Yeah, the nurse is like, um, yeah, well, you know, there's other stuff going on, and I'm like, there's a kid and he's been shot. Here's the thing: is if it's, it's- just like, you're a nurse in the cancer ward. My cousin, my uh, my aunt is, well, she just retired, but she was a nurse in the cancer ward, and you know, you've got time in the cancer ward, you know. Yeah. But when you know that you're working in the ER, it's called the emergency room because things are an emergency. And that one doctor was like, oh, my God, let's go. And I was like, thank you. That's Dr. Masters. Why kill him? He is so important. Oh, rip. I know. And so Jug is talking about how he really wants justice. And I'm like, dude, I feel you. Thank you for caring yeah. about your best friend. Like, I, I have so many thoughts about the coping mechanisms that are happening here. Because, Why? Okay. So, I mean, honestly, Tony's not really, I, I can't really say much about Tony. She's uh, She has other things that's going on with her. But Jughead's coping mechanism for Fangs, who's one of his best friends, getting shot is, I need justice. I need this. Like, I need to figure this out. I'm a bad leader. I need to, you know, rectify this. Something needs to be done about this. And Sweet Pea's coping mechanism, which is very in character for Sweet Pea, is, I'm gonna wreck some crap. Yeah. I'm pissed. Dude is so sad like he looks angry but like as a sweet pea uh person person fan person as a known sweet pea stan i i know when like shout out to jordan who does a great job like like my whole <laughs> can, okay can you give a quick summary of um what i said at unity days about the tiny characters Oh, yeah, this is really sweet. Robin cares about tiny characters, which are basically background characters or secondary characters, because someone has to, you know? Like, like every character is important to someone. So, Robin, that was my big quote, and I didn't expect anybody yeah. to, like, he- have a huge... but, like, people tweeted that. Yeah, because... It's true, though. Just because someone is your least favorite character or you don't really care about them doesn't mean that someone else doesn't love them to pieces. So, like, a prime example of this is I'm like, oh, it's sad that Fangs died. But for Robin, it's, like, a really serious thing where she's like, oh, my God, Fangs died. hmm And it's really, really serious to her. So I'm like, okay, yeah, like, let's hear about your feelings. Let's talk about it because everyone's – you connect to things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And for you, you connect to the smaller characters because they don't get as much love as main characters do. Exactly. And so I want to give a shout out to Jordan because when I say that character matters to somebody, the person who the character matters most to, like you might think that you love Jughead Jones so much, but I promise you, the person who loves Jughead Jones the most is Cole Sprouse. Is Cole. Yeah. So, you know, Sweepy has fans all over the internet. Sweet Pea Tumblr is nuts. (laughs) I'm in the middle of that. Like, I don't post or anything, but, like, I, you know, follow a lot of the Sweet Pea blogs. Like, I know that that Sweet Pea is, like, a huge deal to a lot of people. Um, Yeah. But I know that the person who cares the most about Sweet Pea is Jordan. Yeah. And so I just want to give a shout out to Jordan because Jordan and, you know, people don't notice this, but I do because I care about Sweet Pea and I care about those tiny characters, is that, like, people might not be able to tell the difference between angry Sweet Pea and sad Sweet Pea, but I can. I see that tiny yeah. difference, and Jordan's, like, doing that with nuance, and I support him. <laughs> like, angry Sweet Pea is, hi, I'm here at your house. I would like to start a fight. Also, here I have a knife, and I'm going to kick you in the rain in slow motion. And this yeah. is... I'm here to ruin things because I am sad and upset. This was literally my best friend. Like there's the core four and then there's Betty and Veronica, you know? Yeah. And there's the core four and then there's Sweet Pea and Fangs. Yeah. And... There's an unbreakable bond in each one. I'm messed up. Like, we haven't even gotten to that part yet, but, like, the first time I watched it, I was really upset because it didn't really feel like... Like, FP came in and he did... (laughs) You know what it reminded me of, actually, is the beginning of... It it was, like, Deathly Hallows Part 1. When, um... And even in the book... When they do the seven potters, and then Mad-Eye Moody dies. And in the book, it's just like, everybody, like, please have a moment of silence for Mad-Eye Moody. Like, you know, Mad-Eye Moody was a huge deal in the books. And in the yeah. movie, literally, they're like, oh, good thing most of us lived. Like, yeah, George has a ear gone, but hoof, good thing. And Bill comes in and says, Mad-Eye's dead. And they all go, oh. Yeah, oh, that's, that's rough. Life goes on. Anyway. <laughs> and so... That's what this kind of reminded me of. The first time I watched it is that FP came in. Oh, by the way, Fangs didn't make it. And everyone was just like, oh, sucks. But the second time I watched it, I saw so much. Because I was able to pause. Yeah. Dude, it's heartbreaking. No, I feel like there actually was a big reaction to him dying. It totally, totally was. Yeah. And, like, if you just, like, you know, Sweet Pea's a tough guy. You know, dude doesn't cry but like dude was so sad and like i can't imagine like having a group of four friends when i was in college we had this group of four friends we we had a core 4 mm-hmm. and i was probably betty but <laughs> but we had what? a core 4 and like i cannot imagine the grief of being like one of them was murdered tonight yeah and you've like been best friends with those people for like years and they were murdered for, like, no reason. And, like, no one pays attention to this. Like, like also, <laughs> I went to school <laughs> for, like, empathy. Oh, my God. Yeah. and That's why she cries at everything. That's why I cry at everything. Because it's, like, when I watch things, I... First of all, it's practice. Because I'm... Sorry I'm doing a huge monologue and not letting you talk, by the way. No, I love it. It's horrible. Okay. Because I'm fully crying. I have tears in my eyes. Okay. But, like... Even these tiny characters that, like, n- hardly anybody pays attention to. But, like, I paid attention to him. And so I was able to... Like, the this was, like, m- one of m- my favorite characters. And, like... I feel like most- I mean, this is a big deal for the actors. Exactly. Like, I can't imagine yeah. freaking Drew. He hardly got to do anything. He had so much potential. I believe he's alive. But... And I don't know how that's possible, but I believe it. <laughs> okay. And... I just feel like a lot of people watched the episode and were just like, oh, that's too bad. Anyway, oh my God, Jughead. But like, I really, since I have this platform, I would just like to say that like, mm -hmm, you can't just blaze past this terrible thing that happened. And he didn't, like, there wasn't enough. You know, just because the character is a small character doesn't mean that every death, if this was a real show, every death deserves a moment at least and like you know he got a moment and they said like oh we'll honor him and we'll and we'll do this but like i don't know what i'm saying anymore well it's very much it's very much like midge's death yeah. that's this is why you didn't like midge's death too yeah. is because like one midge didn't really get to go very far as a character and two she was like kind of like one of those other tiny characters who didn't live up to their full potential because they were killed for shock value. And, like, I can cry on cue. Not everybody can cry on cue, but I can. And the reason is because I can think of sad things. And I can put myself in, like, when I was in college, I did... Oh, sorry, I hit my pop filter. I did a show called um, Shakespeare's Land of the Dead. William Shakespeare's Land of the Dead. And in it, I had to come out at the end, like, dying and crying and stuff. And the way I did that was I literally just, like, thought about sad things. At one point, like, I Mm -hmm. had to, like, in a different show, I had to, like, you know, someone died in my arms, and I just pretended it it was, like, one of my family members, and I could just cry, because I'm really good at, like, putting myself in that moment, and so, like, that's why, even just as practice, I watch things, and when something sad happens, I think, oh, if that was me, I would be bawling, and so I watch this scene, and I see Sweepy's face when he learns that his best friend died. And I'm like, what if my best friend died? <laughs> and I just start crying. Oh no, oh no. It's so sad. It's okay. It's it's really sad, but it's okay because like this was like a huge opportunity for the actor and it's also like a huge storyline for Sweet Pea. It is a huge storyline for Sweet Pea, but the problem with it is that like Drew had so much to do last episode, but then they say, "Oh, by the way, he's dead." And he's hardly in the episode. Yeah, they kill. They- yeah, that's one of the rough things. Like, just even stylistically, they kill him off screen. They killed him off screen. He didn't even get a moment. That sucked, bro. Like, they had yeah. the moment for him, but he wasn't even there. Yeah. So they didn't even get to have like a send off for him. And I mean, Mitch got a funeral at least, I guess. Yeah, true. I hope they have. A- I hope they have something. But it's just like it's kind of dumb because, you know, even narratively, you look at these deaths and they're not done to further the mm-hmm. plot like Mitch's death was not to further the plot it was just to scare everyone about the black hood and then what did Fangs die for Literally what did Fangs die for and he got murdered by a character we learned about 2 episodes ago and that we will never see again trust and believe If it if it was if it was Reggie honestly like obviously Reggie sucks already and I'm glad it wasn't Reggie because he didn't deserve to have literally a murder on his hands. But, like, I would have been happier... Yeah, oh, God, yeah. ...if it had been Reggie, because he's a relevant character, and that would have, like, continued to have fangs in the plot, you know, in the repercussions that Reggie would have gotten. Yeah, because it would have haunted Reggie. Exactly, and that would have been able to, you know, keep him here. So I hope that they're able to keep him here, and I know that nobody else cares about him, but, like, I don't know, I think it's important to remember people like they keep bringing up grundy and she sucked and so that's hello i just i think it's very valid like and i think it's refreshing that like you as a person have such a big well of empathy and such a big heart that you can be like this minor character from a tv show on the cw's death made me cry <laughs> well like ev- in my decision making process i am a slytherin in my brain <laughs> i'm a hufflepuff empathy wise i'm a hufflepuff yes but like in every other way i'm a slytherin <sighs> yeah okay anyway back to the actual plot <laughs> so another part actually that really messed me up in this first scene is that like when fangs gets wheeled off and it's literally the last time we see him he literally reaches for jughead and he's like please don't leave me alone like he doesn't say it but like you can see it in his eyes he's like please don't leave me alone like i'm really scared and then he dies yeah. and we don't even get to see it that's I'm so, so sad. Like, literally, it's, it shouldn't even be sad just for me because because I cared about the character. Like, the, this is sad. Yeah, it you is know. sad. Anyway. <laughs> it's a sad way to die. It's so sad. And also, another reason why I'm pissed about this is, like, first of all, Jughead isn't dead, and we know this. If Jughead got beaten beyond recognition and lived and Fangs died from a gut shot, bro. Yeah, but the logic doesn't apply when, you, when writers decide... Who's exactly. gonna live and die? So yeah, Jughead's talking about how he's a bad leader, and FP is the best dad. And he is like, You I I can't get you fallen into this hole right now. Like you can't yeah. go there. He's like, I, I feel like you cannot do this because I need because you. Because FP's an adult and I support him and love him. Veronica is chilling in Archie's room, like apparently she's supposed to be. And F and uh, Fred comes in and she's and he's just like, um, hey, where's Archie? And she's like, Oh, he literally went out into the <laughs> riot. And Fred's like, mm, cool. Fred comes in and he's like, so you're in here. (laughs) Um, I'm going to deal with that later. I thought you went home, but (laughs) Kay Her friend's just like, I hear you guys all the time. Stop. Um, So then we cut to Archie and Archie's like, where's Reggie? And everyone's like, thought he was with you. And he's like, no, he ran away. But Reggie's not the one who shot Fangs. But the serpent saw him with a gun. So they think he shot Fangs. (laughs) I love this moment. Which makes sense. Where he's like, okay, well, we have to split up. I will take the two relevant characters. Everyone else go do something else. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So they're talking about how Fangs is still in surgery. And so the sheriff comes up and they're like, shouldn't you be out being the sheriff? Hmm... (laughs) <laughs> and FP's like, wow, sounds like you suck at your job Because if you actually did it, Fangs wouldn't have heckin' gotten shot And the sheriff is like, wow, newsflash I don't care about the serpents I'm not paid to care about the serpents And I'm like, y- you don't have to pay me I-, I will just care about them for free I care I care about them for free all the time <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so... He, like, threatens FP about being, about, like, violating his parole or whatever. Blech. And then FP's like, hey, whatever, turns around. And he's like, oh, shoot. My son got away from me again. But, like, do you really think anything is going to touch FP in this moment? Like, there's too much stress going on. Yeah. You can't even concentrate on that part. He's literally like, you think this is the worst thing that someone has said to me? Gotta go. He's like, literally, I just found out that I have a son who's dead. One of my, like gang members is in the hospital with a gunshot wound there's riots outside you don't even crack the top 20 my dude also like we got midge's mom i'm just bringing this back we got midge's mom after midge got killed and fp's just like we have to go talk to their parents but then he's the one who explains it to everybody like what's his family doing is he okay like what's going on yeah like are his parents serpents too like i understand that this is a show and you can't show everybody and mostly because you have to hire people. exactly but, like, I think this stuff matters. I don't know. I would say yeah. so. So Archie and Jughead are talking on the phone, and Archie's like, it was not Reggie, so, you know, he's not at his house, so we're gonna go to the school next, because we think that's probably where where he's at. Mm-hmm. So they sneak into the school, and they have to gear up. Sure. Sure, whatever. Can you explain this to me? What exactly are they trying to do? I think they just think that they're fully gonna get attacked, so they just want to make sure that they are... They have a way to defend themselves. Okay, is my guess. Okay, okay. I mean, it doesn't make That's a whole lot. Of, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but all right. Yeah. So then we have this dope shot where Sweet Pea, like just runs down the stairs and just like cuts the photo. Do you know what thing I'm talking about? Yes, dude, that was like my favorite shot of the whole show. Um, it should be. And also because you love Sweet awesome. Pea, so it's like double the fun. <laughs> I was like every shot that is, like, just a Sweet Pea shot, I'm like, somebody wrote down in the shot list, close-up on Sweet Pea, and, uh, bless that person. (laughs) I love when they do close-ups on Sweet Pea, because Sweet Pea has the best face. So then Sweet Pea has this, like, thing where he's like, oh, we found some bulldogs to put down. Obviously, like, I don't condone putting down bulldogs, (laughs) or any dogs, for that matter, but cool analogy. Oh, yeah, definitely poetic. My next note is... In its violence. Old Sweet Pea is back, and he's sad. Old Sweet Pea, but sad Sweet Pea. But sad. And he's like, listen, even if it wasn't Reggie, either way, it was the North Side who put Fangs in the hospital. And it was, like, the classism that happened here, and that's why. The world is garbage. Feminist and Sweet it's Pea. it's like, I mean, yes, but also, you can't hold an entire responsible for the actions of one dumb idiot Mm -hmm. especially since really the blame goes right back to the black hood and he's saying like you've taken every single thing from us so we're gonna burn your school to the ground and I'm like not sure how that works if someone said we're gonna burn your school to the ground I'd be like oh god please here (laughs) hand me a match would be great and so he does this cool thing where he breaks a trophy case and I'm like cool you go the picture of Archie in there made me laugh (laughs) <laughs> you know what this reminds me of literally what? when you and sam were like saying like yes hermione shoot a man i was literally like guys what and this is one where i'm just like oh my god yes we be vandalism there you go <laughs> so i get it you just support your faves doing things i get it i get it yeah okay good and so then... Because that's going to be me next week. <laughs> yes, Kane, kill people. Yeah, yes, go for it. Um, so then they start... They have, like, their bats and their knives and stuff. Because, of course, they do. Dude, I laughed out loud when literally they were like, it's time for us to fight. And then they were like, it's me, Waldo Weatherby, with a bat. What you doing in my school? Literally, what is this not the exact scene from Mean Girls? Dude... It was so funny. And then, like, this the is- next scene, Archie's like, Weatherby kicked us out. <laughs> I'm like, we're it's in the like, middle what- of a riot, and Weatherby can kick you out of the school still? I love that they still all have, like, a respect for authority. They're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I cannot. The principal said we can't do stuff, so we can't do stuff. I literally cannot imagine Sweet Bee being like, damn it, the principal. <laughs> I don't want to get right? suspended. Sweet Bee was like, oh, yeah. I guess we better yeah. listen. So, in the next scene, Jughead shows up and they're like, um, you're late. And he's like, literally, I was driving through a riot, so frick you. (laughs) Jughead's like, not today, you guys. And they're like, oh, the serpents suck. And Jughead's like, watch it. And they're like, oh, the serpents ran this way. And Jughead's like, where? Because those are literally my friends. Yeah, like, do you want to, like, really quickly tell me where all my friends went? And Archie's like, well, I told them that Mrs. Clump is the one who killed, or who, like, shot fangs. And I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Why would you do that? Why would you give that away? This is why you can't tell Archie secrets. I'm like, you should not have said that. Like, you should be like someone else. It wasn't them. I can't tell you who, because I don't want you to go and like hurt them. Yeah. But they would have just beaten Archie up for that information. But instead he's just like throws Mrs. Clump under the heck and bus. And so he's like, but I feel like they would have got that information regardless, yeah. but at least it wouldn't be from freaking Archie. Who's an idiot. Yeah. And yeah. so he's like I think there's one thing we can all agree, and it's that Archie is a friggin' horon. Uh-huh. So they're like, oh, well where where are they? I don't know, probably trashing Midge's house. And I'm like, okay, but like ugh, listen, I know that m- like Mrs. Clump shot fags, which obviously I'm upset about, but like Midge just died. Yeah. Don't trash their house. Bad things are happening everywhere. Stop. And she's not e- she would not even at that house. No, she's not even there. She's being arrested. For the crime that she committed. So then they're like, okay, have you heard from people? Yes, Betty is okay. She's with her mom at the register. And I'm like, is she? Okay. Is she? And um, he's like, please go talk your friends down. And he's like, I'll do my best. Yes, I'm the Serpent Prince. Sure. So then they're like, keep in touch. Okay, bye. I can't, I'm trying to figure out, like, this this scene really reminded me of something. Like, I feel like in this sort of, like, riot type movie, you know, there's always a moment where, like, the two of the characters come in and they're like, be careful and you're like yeah be careful to you okay i'll see you in another life brother and he you know drive away or whatever do, you, and then they do kiss. you know what scene i'm thinking you know what sort of scene i'm thinking of yeah it's the touch base scene before one of them dies yeah but so it was the touch base scene before juggy had the crap being out of him yeah okay that makes sense because i was like this scene is reminiscent of so many scenes yeah. okay so then um oh here's another like part where i literally laughed where Pop is like, "Hey Archie, who? He, I love how he has Archie's number. That's so cute." He's like, "Hey Archie, um, your friend showed up here," <laughs> and I'm like, "Reggie, you're on the run, and you showed up in the exact most obvious place that you could possibly yeah. go." Reggie's like, oh, "Where can I hide?" Pop's the most frequented <laughs> and only restaurant in Riverdale. <laughs> exactly, perfect. So they're like, "Dude, why'd you come here?" And he's like, "I didn't know where else to go." And I'm like, "How about literally anywhere?" Your house? Your house? Well, I mean, yeah. After everyone checked your house, then sneak into your house, and you're like, they'll never, they won't check here again. And they probably won't. They probably won't. And so the ghoulies all arrive, and Archie's like, um, Jughead, what the heck? And Jughead's like, as if, like, I'm at the White Worm. I did exactly what you asked me to do. I rounded up my dudes and I brought them away. Because the serpents are loyal. So here we have Malachi, who is doing both a Lexa cosplay and a Steve Harrington cosplay at the same time. True. Wow. Wow. So many style influences at once. Incredible. So then they're like, okay, well, let's barricade Pops. And Pop is like, what else can go wrong in my life? God, leave Pop alone, 2K18. And so they barricade the door with a jukebox because barricading is the thing that people do in this episode a lot. And yeah, no, nobody no, no, no. at the sheriff station will answer because the sheriff sucks. And because he's not there. And then there are literal gunshots through pop's window pop is like hello not only do I have to pay for new windows I mean Hiram does lol but also like you have to get when you like own a restaurant and stuff you have to get like the vinyls that go on top of the windows and stuff too like that's expensive I like that you're worrying about the window vinyl I am right I think it's valid and so he's like pop do you have a gun and pop's like literally a man was shot in my restaurant a couple months ago I do not have a gun yeah, no, I don't have a gun. I just want to make burgers. Pop was in the war. Pop is Bob. Pop was in the war. Pop was in the war. Pop has seen some stuff. Pop just wants to make burgers and live his damn life. And you know what? He picked the wrong down for that. <laughs> exactly. And so he's like, okay, no, I don't have a gun, but I do know how to burn alcohol on people. He knows how to make a Molotov Literally. cocktail. Which is the thing that you always make in movies when you are low on supplies but high on Or boost. like in zombie video games. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love how he's like, like, it, I, I call fake news that Archie didn't know how to already make one of these. I know how to make a Molotov cocktail. Uh, cool. Bye. Bye. So it... Everyone knows how to make a Molotov cocktail. Uh, It's not that hard. Okay. It's not hard. It's really looking like Malachi actually wants to be hit by this flaming bottle oh yeah he's definitely like yo hit me next hit me next and i'm like dude are you okay he's like no i was just in prison for for like a full 10 episodes and it's like okay well you know what that's fair because you were illegally in prison and then it's time for cheers because the hot dads have arrived oh my god i cheered as soon as tom keller came out with his gun i was like yes then fred showed up i was like yes and then fp showed up and i was like all my faves are here FP showed up and I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> this, is, this has to be a gift for everyone who has ever been a fan of DILFs. This is the squad I have always wanted. It's the squad we deserve. Also, let me point out, Joaquin wasn't in this episode. Why did they bring back Joaquin? Just for shock value or what? I'm sad. Now he can't take- the- <sighs> Brittany, he can't take Fangs to Sh- Santuna Pero. Maybe he'll be back in the finale. Maybe. He has to go back to San Junipero alone. Maybe that's where, that's where Fangs is now. Also, please can I have a Joaquin-Kevin reunion? A Joaquin what? Kevin reunion. Oh my God, yes. Oh, that would be good. I know that Kevin hasn't brought up Joaquin in like a whole season, but still. But he should. They were a thing. They were like, they really liked each other. Like Joaquin was supposed to be like, Manipulating him, but he really liked Kevin. He did. So. Remember when FP did that to Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> FP was like, um, you're gay. Let's get, mess to, with- get the gay kid. Yeah, FP was like, let's mess with the gays next. And I was like, FP, <laughs> really? Bad, but also thank you for being a great matchmaker. Yeah. So they're like, Keller, I thought you like resigned. And he's like, I super did, but I haven't given back the car. So I thought I would use it. And I happen to legally own this shotgun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the immortal words of my mother on all road trips, I've got a shotgun and a shovel, and I doubt you'll be missed. Oh boy. My mom loves me more than anything. It's okay. (gasps) And so FP's basically like, hi, have you seen Jughead? He's like, yes. And also he called me. And FP's like, he won't answer any of my calls, but okay. Yeah, Juggy, why didn't you call your dad? <laughs> and so then Kevin takes a picture because AT&T sponsors Oh my show. God, that was so obvious. I was laughing so hard. I was like, yes, get those advertising dollars, CW. Also, the fact that Kevin calls his own dad hot, like he just knows, I guess. He he just speaks the truth. No, he gets it. Yeah. I feel like you know, like, everyone thinks, well, not, I was literally about to speak the phrase, everyone thinks their parents are hot, but what I meant was that everyone thinks their parents are, like, angels. Right. But it came out wrong, and I don't want to talk anymore. Great. Cool. So, they're at the White Worm, and Sweet Pea is saying, like, dude, I literally can't just sit here, like, I need to break things. Like, it's, his, it's how he copes, and he's sad. And it's, like, a big mood. Like, I gotta go, like, I gotta leave or something. And Jughead and Sweepy have this, like, punching fight because they're both really sad. Yeah. And they don't know how to deal with their feelings because they're men, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, first of all, they're men. And second of all, they're gang members. And third of all, like, they're just, like, supposed to be the pinnacle of masculinity Okay, we'll call out post FP. And they just want to, they just want to cry. Not that crying is like a feminine trait, but like it's, it's perceived as that. And so they don't want to. And it's like, you know what? Leave that crap in 2017. In 2018, men cry. Let Sweet Pea cry 2K18. Thank you. Exactly. I would, li- I mean, obviously it would ruin me, but I would love to see Sweet Pea cry. I think that that would be really meaningful. Um, and so Sweepy's like, what, Jughead, are you, like, not our leader now, or what? And it's like, oof, because that's literally what Jughead was talking about. Like, it's Jughead's, like, worst fear right now. Yep. And, like, Sweepy, they lost, um, Fangs on Jughead's watch. Exactly. And so Sweepy says, like, it's your fault Fangs got shot. And, like, Sweepy, like, bro, that is not cool to say. Exactly. That's so messed up to say. And but he needs to he needs to blame someone. He was like, literally the ghoulies are after all of us now because of a drag race you started. And I'm like, oh, did you say the phrase drag race? I am, uh, i my brain is somewhere else now. Yeah, he said drag race and I was like, cross-dressing? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is the, is the finale of this going to be problems that only cross-dressing can solve? <gasps> and then it wasn't. And then I found myself very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And so Jughead's like, okay, give me one hour. One hour, that's all I want. And Sweepy's like, fine. That's so few That's so few hours. That's just one. It's literally just one hour. And, like, Sweepy could just be like, no, frick you, bye. But he respects Jughead because they're friends, so he's going to do it. Yeah. <sighs> so Penny calls Jughead, and she wants to meet up, and says that she has his girlfriend. And he's like, oh, my God, Betty? And she's like, ew, no. The good one. <laughs> the cool one. She calls him South... S- Salt. She calls her... Southside smurfette and i was oh. like did you not get the memo that tony is like sla- is like gay yeah like or slash by? yeah and so oh, she's come like on, come alone and and tony is like the bravest and she's like just whatever like, okay leave me here i don't give a crap tony's so brave and beautiful and like the world doesn't deserve her but cheryl does but also how did this happen tony's better than this what happened Yeah, how did Tony get caught? Why is Tony the damsel in distress right now? Um, because we should make all tropes gay. She's right. I know. She's right, you know. I know. It's like, oh, damsel in distress? Exhausting. Oh, damsel in distress being saved by another damsel? Cool. Oh! So, Fred and Archie get home, and they're like, okay, Fred's like, okay, I'm gonna take a shower, things are rough. And then... The black hood is at the Andrews house, black hood, question mark, question mark, question mark. One of them, at least. One of them, like, Archie finds that the door is open and he's like, huh, oh well, (laughs) like, prick. So I gets, probably not normal. So he gets attacked, ruins his coffee table. There's a heckin' gun. My next note is just eyes with three exclamation points because he has the eyes and we have that like flashback and everything. It's the dude. It is the dude, but it's not how. I'm so confused. Okay, I'm excited for them to tell us on Wednesday. I'm excited to be proven right. Yeah. And for the writers to contact me and be like, oh my god, we actually got this idea from you from your podcast, <laughs> even though, like, we were already in the middle of writing this. So. Fred saves Archie, <laughs> and, like, just shout out, he does such a good job. Yeah, he's such a good dad. I love Fred. You know who doesn't deserve... A dad that good? Mm. Archie. Archie. (laughs) I'm trying so hard with Archie, but I just cannot. Fred gets shot again. Again. I literally remember being like, are you freaking kidding me? I was like, you cannot, like, you cannot waste Luke Perry in this manner. Like, as soon as they were like, actually, he's got a bulletproof vest on, I was like, you got me, show. (laughs) Yo, I was thinking the whole time, I'm like, okay, he has a bulletproof vest on. And then I had a whole conversation with myself in my brain, where I'm like, but where would he get a bulletproof vest? Why would he have a bulletproof vest? Uh-huh. And then it turned out he had one, and he gave the bare minimum explanation, and I was like, okay, okay. Like, he's like, Tom gave it to me right before we went to the diner, which, like, thank you, Tom. You're so well prepared. And also, did FP get one? Thanks. Yeah, like, um, shout out to Tom, who just conveniently had one in Fred's size, I guess. Yeah, and he's just like, you know, who needs this the most? The guy who's already been shot. That's not chill. Can't get shot again. Here you go. Exactly. Now, (laughs) you know, FP, think about it. FP really should have kept the helmet on. Oh, true. Yeah. (laughs) He would have looked so dumb. (laughs) Be like, the hot dads are here, and FP in his helmet. FP is still in a helmet. And so, you know, he flees, and of course, Archie sees somebody in a mask and runs after them. He's literally done this, like, five times this season. Listen... It's not the brightest. My next note is just stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's that's my constant Archie note, actually. So Jughead shows up to the ghoulies and Tony's like, listen, they're not alone because the ghoulies are also there. And Malachi wants to taser Jughead? Sure. And then Cheryl shows up and he's like, I didn't show up alone either. And I'm like, <gasps> great moment. Great moment. Snaps. Love it. Mm-hmm. I mean... <sighs> All the ghoulies are there, and there's one girl with a bow and arrow, which is, like, the hardest weapon to reload, but sure. Well, that's another thing, is it's just, like, do any, like, we know that the ghoulies have guns, because they literally were shooting them at pops, and it's, like, if they are scared of arrows, my main thought would be, oh, because they are long range, and all of the things that they have are short range, but they have guns. Yeah, bullets are long range. So, I don't get it. I like it, but logic is not sound here. Yeah, no, I love this hero moment. I love that, like, it's a it's an explicitly, like, gay hero moment where, like, Cheryl is like, get away from my girl. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute and it's so precious and she gets to be such a big damn hero and she's so earned this moment with Tony. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe that's Whatever. okay. So Penny's like, I want the South Side. I'm going to sell drugs there. It's going to be dope. We're going to make some money. And she's like, here's the thing. Either the serpents are gone by tomorrow or we're having a heckin' showdown. A rumble. And Jughead's like, okay, I'll talk to my my friends. He's like, oh, I got to go talk to my people. You talk to your people and we'll meet back here later? Yeah, is that chill? Yeah. For you to fully just beat me up? Yeah, we good or? And so... Sweepy obviously wants to fight because it's Sweepy and he likes to fight. And they're like, um, this is literally Hir- Hiram's problem. So whatever. They're like, are you prepared? Are you just want to like hand over our home? Like what what's the deal here? And Sweepy says that even though it's a suicide mission, it's better than a coward's death, which like is an Indra moment. Yeah. And Cheryl is there, which I support. I love that Cheryl is, like, there, and they're all like, yeah, she's one of us now. Yeah, she's here. Whatever. She saved us. Cool. She she saved one of us. She's one of us. So Jughead really, really dislikes being called a coward, which sounds right. Yeah. FP stops them, and we learn that Fangs heckin' died, which I have seen some behind-the-scenes photos, and I don't... I honestly don't know where they came from. They were just on my Tumblr timeline, but it was like... Pictures of the Core Four and, like, FP in this location that we haven't seen. But they were, like, in costume. So, I don't know. I I, I don't know. Oh, is this why you think maybe Fangs is alive? That's why I think he's alive and I hope he is because he was a good character and I liked him. Yeah. Um. And so they're talking about how they will mourn and honor him and everything. And you know what? I actually... Jughead and Sweepy have been fighting all night, and as mm-hmm. soon as he says like we have to come together for Fangs, then that's when they decide that they are together again. They're going to be friends and they're going to work together. That silent agreement between them that whatever is going on is bigger than their feud is more than Archie and Jughead have had all season. Literally, like Archie and Jughead can't hold a candle to Jughead and Sweepy. And who's Sweet Pea even? Yeah. And Jughead and Sweet Pea have... And they have, like, barely interacted with each other. Jughead and Archie, you mean? Well, like, Jughead... It, it, when you look at Jughead and Sweet Pea in terms of, like, their canon history and then Jughead and Archie... Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're so wildly different. And yet I would buy the their loyalty, loyalty to each other more than I would um, Archie and Juggy. Well... That's another thing is that just, like, all of Jughead and Archie's stuff happened before the series started. Yep. So... And they never really bothered to show us, like, their friendship. And they said that they became friends again, but, like... Where? (laughs) So... And, like, Sweet Pea and Jughead have, like, an actual, like, arc because... You know, he was like, no Jughead, you're not allowed in. And then, you know, they were like, okay, let's do the initiation. And then after that, they became actual friends. And then Sweepy started respecting him as a leader. Yeah. Like, there's so much. Like, Sweepy literally showed up in, like, the third episode of season two. He's so important. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate him. So they're going to put it to a vote. And they do their stupid hand signal it's so dumb oh my god the little two snake fangs it always makes me laugh i can't take it seriously i don't know how the actors do it seriously so they're like listen we're we're gonna fight and jughead doesn't vote we're gonna have a rumble jughead does not vote but i feel like it was kind of a silent vote for Juggy. also i love how everybody's doing the dumb serpent hand except for cheryl whose hand she's like i don't know if i'm allowed to vote but um i think you should fight yeah, Cheryl's was like, I'll go. I'm bringing my bow. I don't care. Like, I have a weapon. I'm good. But I'll at go. It. And so, oh, there. Next, next is this really great scene between FP and Jughead. I love scenes mm. between FP and Jughead. Oh God, they're they're so good. And so they're talking about how they're making a mistake, and there's just a lot of like yelling and chair pushing going. Like, I I can't even like do this scene justice by speaking about it. Like, it's so good and well acted. Just go re-watch it. These two actors together are just electric. They're so good. And so he's like, listen, we Mm -hmm. voted? I can't just be like, actually, guys, I decided that this is not a good idea. So we are not doing that. Like, that's not how, first of all, democracy works. And second of all, bro, we're in a freaking gang. You think they're going to be like, oh, true. Yeah, you the leader, no prob. Nah. Like, FB can only control them for so long. Literally. And so Jughead looks up at his, like, wall of whatever and is just like, Huh. So he calls Hiram because he has his personal cell phone number. (laughs) Because sure. And he's like, yo, Hiram, this was all you, huh? And Hiram's like, I'm what? I can't read suddenly. I don't know. He's like, you can buy everything in this town, including the ghoulies, but you can't buy the serpents. And that's why you have to get rid of us. Which also (laughs) just realized Hiram literally paid the serpents to wreck the drive-in. So like yeah, you used to be able to buy the serpents, but not anymore. Yeah, you could you could buy the serpents actually pretty easily. So like here's my counter offer: take just me, because of course it's Jughead. And it's like really like the Ghoulies have no honor, and neither does Hiram. Yeah, Chuggy's playing on an uneven playing field where he assumes that other people have honor and loyalty and dignity, and they don't. They super don't. And then we figure out that Hiram has been driving to meet up with Penny. Thoughts? I don't have a lot of thoughts on this other than like... This is the moment where I thought, oh, this is who he's having the affair with. Oh, I never thought he was having an affair. Yeah. Now looking back on it, I don't think that's true either. And I think they were just kind of having a meeting, but I think it's weird. Like, why aren't you just talking on the phone? Like, she's... Like, both of you are capable of scary things. I wouldn't want to meet up with either of you. I think it was like... Hiram needed an excuse to get out of town mm-hmm. during the riot. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And so Jughead calls Betty to say goodbye, and that he loves her and stuff, and he says, I'll see you soon. Does he think he's going to die? But he says, I'll yeah. see you soon. Yeah, like kind of like to Alley, uh, 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 not Alley. What I am I know. trying to say? Like ease her fears. Okay, gotcha. And so he shows up and he's like, okay, you take me and nothing happens tomorrow. You don't hurt any of my friends. He's so... Oh. Woefully misguided. He's like, he's really brave. He's not like, he's not doing it right. He's so brave. (laughs) But he's so brave. And I'm really like, yeah, proud of him. Like, he did it wrong. (laughs) He did it very wrong. But like, he did it so. He did it like a teenager. His motive was so, was just so good. It's so pure. He's just a good person. (laughs) He has absolute pure motives. And he wants to save everyone, including, like, and that would save his dad, too. Exactly. And so, also, I still want to know more about, like, the fact that Penny, or, like, FP broke a promise to Penny or something. Like, what was that about? I still want to know. But, so then she's like, wow, you must be pretty heckin' special because he would rather just get rid of you than all the serpents. And I'm like, heck yeah, he is. He's one of the main characters. He's special. But also, like, (laughs) narratively, he's, like, snooping around all the time. So Hiram's like, yeah, whatever, Mm -hmm. get rid of him, I don't care. Yeah, he's like, "I, I don't have a concern here. He's so, he's, like, trying so hard to look brave in front of people. Because he's saying, like, wow, 30 people to just me? You guys must be pretty scared of me, you think I'm capable of what? Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. So then they start to beat him up, and she's like, wow, you're such a hero. But you're gonna one day find out. That your sacrifice was for literally nothing. And I'm like, um, excuse me, um, you're making me sad. Please stop talking. (laughs) And interestingly, she did not stop talking. No, she didn't. And then she said that the Riverdale we know will be gone forever. And I'm like, Well, what's gonna happen in say then three then? (laughs) I think we still need a show. Yeah. And so she's like, No, don't kill him yet. I need to cut off his tattoo first. I mean like fair. That part's kind of fair. (laughs) And so we go back to the white worm and everybody's just like putting all their weapons on the pool table, (laughs) like, like a grab bag of weapons. Yeah. They're like, Hey, everyone guns drawn. And everyone's like, we don't have guns. And so Betty calls FP and she's like, Hey, um, so Jughead just sent me like a, like a real weird uh, phone call. So that might be a you problem. he like, can you handle this? Because, like, my dad's the Black Hood, so I've got my own stuff going on. Okay, best part of the scene, though. Hey, Betty, are you and your mom okay? Oh, ah! <laughs> Stealth snake parents! <sighs> hey, Betty, are you and your mom okay? F.P.'s gotta check on the wife! Also, I would like to... F.P. has to check on his queen! I would like to complain about technology again. Must you? Yeah.
1: All right.
0: So, F.P. answers the phone, and... Has caller ID so knows that it's Betty, but when mm-hmm. FP calls Betty, oh, never mind, I answered my own question. I was gonna say, when FP calls Betty, it's unknown, but that's because FP was calling from a payphone in the hospital. They thought of it before I did. They sure did. They got it, no problem. So anyway, FP goes because he's a good dad and he wants to support his son, and literally that's all he has right now because he doesn't have alice yeah and he doesn't have his wife or his daughter or his son or his other <laughs> son or his son so in this last scene cheryl and tony are together which is important um and then fp comes out holding jughead who ha- was like in the brush all beat up and stuff yo what a shot and you know his t- tattoo is cut off and like I love how FP, like, drives, and then everyone else is suddenly there, because they all just showed up. Yeah, Because they used Find My Phone on FP. But, um Jughead isn't dead, fam. No. And, like, I know in the trailer, they're just like, oh, look, the, the three of the core four are standing in front of a gravestone. It's a misdirect, fam. Jughead is not dead. And if he is, they're faking it on purpose. That's probably the end of the episode. I guarantee you them standing at someone's grave is the end of the episode and it's probably like to make amends for someone. Yeah, yeah, either that or it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the moment at the end of Reichenbach fall on Sherlock when like J- John is like, Oh Sherlock, I'm sad that you are dead or whatever. And then like they have the reveal that Sherlock's literally watching him crying at his own grave. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> But also, this moment of him, like, holding Jughead is very reminiscent of Deathly Hallows Part 2 when Hagrid has to carry Harry. Oh, it made me think of Doctor Who. Back to Hogwarts. Okay. <laughs> but, like, that's another thing. is It's just, like, Harry wasn't dead. Like, everyone thought he was dead, but he wasn't. And so that's why I yeah. think it's a clue. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but... It's such an iconic cinematic thing to do. Yeah. And it works great here. And, like, Skeet had to carry Cole... So, like, shout out to Steve for, like, carrying cold through, like, the Vancouver cold. Now it's time for segments, finally. And my first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. Even if he's heckin' dead, he was an ace kid. Even if he's heckin' dead? Stop. <laughs> You're just gonna scare people. Sorry. Jughead's fine. He's fine. He's He's literally fine. He's fine. He's fine. No one freak out. He's fine. And my segment is called which MILF was the most baddest this episode. Honestly, Hermione. Yeah. Wow. I didn't see that coming, but I support you. Hermione killed a man. I think, I think I, it, it could definitely be a tie between Hermione and Alice for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because of the way Alice stood up to Hal. But Alice has gotten it a couple times already. So you wanted to share the love. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. I really think that this one is earned by Hermione. My next segment is called, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? Uh-huh, they sure did. did, it was dope. They acknowledged it a heckin' lot. Mm-hmm. And awesome. in a way that made us happy. Uh, now it's time for our best line award. So my best line award goes to Penny for- <laughs> Please, ponytails is snooze. No, I mean your, your Southside smurfette. Smurfette. So good. Oh, so good. And my honorable mention goes to Alice for, What are you going to do, Hal? Are you going to kill the entire town? Whoever's jaywalked. <laughs> the sass. <She's> so sassy. <gasps> and mine goes to Cheryl for her deadpan delivery of, The hat just attacked me at Thistle House. And my honorable mention goes to Alice for, You had a fling with Penelope Blossom, or me for that matter. I stepped out on you with FP, who in every way
1: that you are not is a real man.
0: Yeah. all right, trailer reactions in three, two, one, play. play. Our story's not over. Okay, whatever. It's just beginning. He's Our not story. dead fam. Like it's, I won't it's, stop until all your dirty doesn't even say Jones. is exposed. Oh my God serpent. Oh, oh my God. Do you wanna see where he planned all of his murders? <gasps> I am not okay, I love all of the Rails Alice. make my bones. Oh my sweet peen Archie. And for all. Sweepy and Archie is a team up that I have always wanted. Just like I mean I hate Archie and I love Sweepy, but like those two were such big enemies. Yep. Yeah, that like seeing them team up like in the wake of like Fang's death and like in the wake of like what happened to Jughead like is really good. I like it a lot. They finally bridge the divide. Yeah. Okay, frame by frame. That's beautiful. Okay, so yeah, them at the graveyard <laughs> Frick, Britney! Everyone's what? wearing black except Archie wearing his freaking leather- Letterman ja- jacket with the oh tie. Oh my god, I hate Archie Andrews. She's so stupid. Okay. I hope that, like, the the tomb is Midge. Or, I don't know, Fangs, if it has to be. But, like, no, it's not it's, gonna be freaking Jughead. It's not Jughead. Okay. Or if it is, it's like a dream. Veronica, I just got out of the shower, I guess. Who is Hiram it looks like somebody with red hair so that makes me think it's oh malachi definitely malachi and penelope i don't know veronica watching cheryl got a Southside serpent jacket that is red and a man is putting it on her please let it be sweet pea thank you so much okay the fact that like cheryl immediately was inducted in oh my god yeah they were just like no you're a badass you can come in no problem like you saved one of us you're in you don't have to do the dance go ahead um we have minetta and archie like i guess they're putting the hood on hal to they're like are you for shizzle about this no oh my god they're putting the hood on hal because it's like cinderella slipper oh my god <laughs> they're seeing if it fits moose is crying in the bathroom because thank you please Midge. thank you so much Kevin has found him. Oh my God! They're literally having a Harry finds Draco in the bathroom crying moment. <laughs> Stop. Okay, Fred is at a. Oh, oh my God! That guy's wearing a shirt that says Andrews for Mayor. Oh, that's nice. Oh my God. I guess oh, life goes on after he the and riots. And Hermione are having a moment. Bring wow, back. that only took a season. Bring them back, honestly, fine, whatever. Like, they had issues, but, like, I would so much rather Fred and Hermione be together and they both be happy. Yeah, but also I want Mary around all the time. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Alice is yelling about, I guess she's making their house a tourist attraction? Uh, probably pissed at all the media camped out on her lawn. Betty has come to see her dad. Sweepy and Archie team up. Who is in a very strange looking cell? Sweepy has a black eye again. Buddy, what did you do? Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> I love his little like Elvis twirl. Like he's got his like little, this little curl in front. He's doing a great job. Okay. Oh, his like little John Travolta. Yeah. Yep. Hiram in his study talking to Archie. Archie's gonna make his bones with a freaking knife or whatever. Betty cries. Veronica. Cheryl is scared. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. At what point is Archie gonna realize that Hiram is garbage? I don't know. Like, can I just get an ETA on this? I'm not like you, is what Betty says. Once and for all. This is dumb. Okay. <laughs> The thing that's going to be great is that um, I'm ready for an FP and Alice scene again, Mm -hmm. so. Was that in the trailer? Did I miss that? No, I'm just wishing it into existence. Oh, okay, cool. We've done that before, so cool. I mean, I feel like we wished the whole ship into existence. Uh, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, If you feel so inclined, we would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. It really, uh, we'd like to read them. Thank you. Yeah. We would like to know what people Mm -hmm. think about us. Even if it's bad. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, like, I'll probably cry, but like. Whatever. You know. You grow. You gotta grow somehow. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We are currently covering season five, which is crazy good. Mm -hmm. So if you're not watching that show, um, watch that show. And then come listen to our podcast about it. And if you're a fan of Lost, which you should be, it's one of the best television shows of all time, and we like to talk about that show too. We're all done season one, and as soon as Riverdale's over, we've got time to start season two, so check us out. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Henry and Kinkusik, he's in both those yeah. shows. So you're, you're covered there. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, but also YouTube you know <laughs> our patreon which we mentioned earlier is is uh patreon.com slash the if you like what we do here please consider donating it really helps us out and all of the money goes straight back into the podcast yeah it does it's hosting fees which are murderous um you can follow me on twitter at britannia which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-a with an underscore at the end and you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's our oby and e-j-e-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere why are you laughing because <laughs> someone wrote us a review <laughs> What, really? Yeah, on our Riverdale one. Oh, my God. They gave us five stars, and they wrote it on Wednesday. Oh, my God. And the, the subject line is best Riverdale podcast, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yes, always, yes. (gasps) it says this podcast used to be my second favorite riverdale podcast only because i found it late in the game but now it is my number one absolute favorite what sets this podcast apart from others is the clear love of the show the attention to detail and accurate facts i could listen to you guys talk all day long i'm seriously considered watching the hundred or lost just so i can listen to more podcasts us theater folk gotta stick together snake emoji um oh my god Is not literally the nicest thing you've ever heard in your life That's so thoughtful and kind. And they don't even watch, like, The Hundred or Lost, so, like, they don't even get our five bazillion references, which means they're literally just listening because they like it. That's so nice. Oh, my heart is so warm right now. Should I read Melissa's old one from 2017? Yes! Okay, shout out to Melissa, who wrote this one in 2017, and I literally just found it. I love you, Melissa! I am a podcast enthusiast. However, I can be very put off from a new show by the hosts. There is no problem here with Brittany and Robin. They're amazing. This podcast covers everything and keeps you laughing and engaged throughout every episode. The hosts are funny, quirky, relatable, and also provide some diverse viewpoints on different topics and storylines. Would definitely recommend to anyone who loves Riverdale. (laughs) It's so sweet. You know what? We're going to keep reading our reviews if we get them. So like... If you want to literally hear us cry about the nice things that you say, please write us a review. We appreciate you. And it's easy to make Robin cry, but it is not easy to make (laughs) me cry. So, like, this is a BFD. Uh, Our next episode is episode 222, which is called Brave New World. And Brave New World is a 1932 dystopian novel by Aldous Huxley. And, dude, I am so pleased to announce that Mm -hmm. I have read this book. Oh, my God. I didn't know you could read. There is an actual title on Riverdale that I am able to provide insight on. Finally! Thank you so much. I had to read it in high school. Oh, also, Brittany, tell them what's exciting about next week's episode other than the fact that it's finale. (gasps) Oh my God. The other exciting thing about next week's episode is that Robin and I are going to be together to watch it in Vancouver and then we are going to record together and I really can't wait because like, Rama's definitely going to cry, right? Oh, probably. Yeah, so I'm really excited to witness that, like, right up close. Yeah. (laughs) And then she gets to watch me cry while watching The 100. So, like, I feel like it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.